This episode of Radio Techers is brought to you in part by Trip Surfer Vacations. Travel is opening up again, and we know you're ready to go. Trip Surfer Vacations has great all-inclusive packages for your next beach vacation and all the info you need to know about your next trip. So whether you're headed to the Cancun, Cozumel, Cabo, or the Caribbean, Trip Surfer Vacations has you guys covered. We even have partnerships for European adventures as well. So we know you're ready to go. Visit TripSurferVacations.com and let them know that Radio Techers sent you. Y'all have fun out there. chuckling at then just you wiping your camera just yeah. as uh, we were doing the transition brilliant it could have been a lot worse as you know Maxie I literally had a swig of my drink and went down the wrong hole and I was coughing my guts up literally as you pressed the button to go live <laughs> brilliant that's why I'm a bit bleary eyed I'm a bit oh <coughs> excuse me oh dear me Sharon in the chat there it's Monday night you know what that means oh yes indeed good morning good evening good afternoon <laughs> Wherever and went. Oh, I fucked it up, mate. Brilliant, professional as always. Uh, done it since the third, since, since episode one. I've done that intro. The good thing is you can edit it out of the 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 audio version. Which yeah, you can find on the Radio Techers uh, feed. Yeah, but what happened is that bit of me screwed up. We'll just get put somewhere else on the episode. People to laugh at me. <laughs> it's just kind of what I do, you know. So, shall we try again? No, no. Right, no intro this week, fellas. All right, that's where it goes. Magsy said no. Good morning, I'm doing it anyway, screw you. Wherever and whatever you may be listening or watching from, this is Chain Wrestling Live with Mags and Sai, the original, the first and the best. A Radio Techers production. I am Sai, and with me as always is the Team WWF to my team alliance that was full of WWF guys anyway. So what was the bloody point? The birthday boy to my Springfield. Springfield being the capital of Illinois. So birthday boy, Illinois rhymes. I don't know. I'm tired. I'm worn that out. That was tenuous. It, it rhymes. It kind of works. Whatever. It's difficult it's coming also up not with this my shit. Birthday. It's difficult coming out with this shit every week, okay? Just give me a break, all right? <laughs> a guy who tomorrow, I hope, genuinely does have a wonderful, wonderful birthday. Lord Mags, how are we doing this week, sir? Often imitated, never duplicated. Yes, I'm doing well. Back with the the CWF. Excited to be here on the original chain wrestling. Original. Powerful. 
wink, wink, farfle. <laughs> indeed, indeed, indeed. Ah, oh, so the magazine birthday week, isn't it? Birthday week. Yeah, uh, well, for me, it's uh, essentially man and Mrs. Mags's birthday week. We are mm-hmm. uh, six days apart, but also snuck right there as well as, as you, good sir. It's almost like yeah. this podcast was meant to be. Yeah, it's my nan's 91st birthday today. That's amazing. Super. It is. Uh, I hope she's having a brilliant day. Yeah, I gave her a ring earlier on. She said that her front room looks like a florist's now because everyone just sent her flowers. Oh, that's cool. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, it's just my... Not, uh, just hope she hasn't got hair fever. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's my middle daughter's birthday tomorrow, Livy, same as you. Yep. Yes. My birthday. Birthday, buddies. Yeah. It's a busy week, mate, isn't it? Busy week for birthdays. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all the best birthdays are in February, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, goes without saying, mate, goes without saying. You got anything planned for it, bud? You got anything planned for it? Nope, I ask the same thing every year from my from my uh, clan. Just a day of peace and quiet. Do I ever get that? Absolutely not. No, I'm I've gone <laughs> way past the days of, of first of all counting birthdays, and then second of all actually giving a shit about birthdays. Um, right? Yeah. Much like Christmas, they don't interest me in the slightest. Well, fair enough, mate. Fair enough. I went to my sister's on the weekend. Because actually, my birthday being on a Saturday, uh, we thought we could all meet up then. But being the Saturday, they're actually away that weekend, so we went weekend just gone. So I had a few drinks around there. It's good night as always. Enjoyed that, and then on my actual birthday, I think I'm just I'm just stopping in, mate. Nothing actually planned, you know. The the COVID laughter, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. I'm alright with it though, bud. I'm okay with it. Playing my little crappy old computer game, have a couple of beers, listen to a bit of music. That's how I relax. Probably your best birthday ever. That's it, mate. That's it. <laughs> Fifty-five years old as well. That, oh, hey, whoa, hang on. You're older <laughs> than me. <laughs> I'll be turning 41. Thank, thank you very much. And I shall be 42. Jesus. Mm. And I feel every day of it, sir. Every single day of it. You know, you've got like, um, sort of, I suppose, important birthdays, aren't you? Ones that people say, like, you know, sort of milestones i guess like your 16th your 21st and so on right 40 is another one yeah i'm I'm talking to the wife yesterday well apparently yeah you know 40 is a a big deal isn't it yeah i'm fairly certain yeah okay what are you questioning me for (laughs) if you agree why are you questioning me (laughs) because it's my birthday tomorrow i get i have the right to be cantankerous okay okay all right um (laughs) Speaking with Sharon yesterday, I took that the next sort of milestone birthday, I guess, for want of a better term, for me, is bloody fifty. That's yeah, that's same for me. So, so we'll we'll skip quickly past this uh, this uh, story. Uh, that's sir. half a century, mate. That's half a century, isn't it? And I'm aware. I'm fucking fully aware, sir. Fifty <laughs> of the Queen's years. Yes, I get it. I get it. I've wasted my life. <laughs> You've not wasted your life, mate. You provided wonderful entertainment, wonderful content for all the people out there listening and watching. Well, and that will go on my tombstone. <laughs> Brilliant stuff. That's a bit nice. He was an be, adequate podcaster. There won't even be a name on your tombstone. There'll just be a carving of a microphone. That's yeah, all it'll and, be. <laughs> and leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> and a baseball cap just sat on the top. <laughs> there we go one birthday wish leave me the fuck alone what happened yeah. I'll get pestered 
Oh, them's the well, breaks. before we move on with what we're doing this week, shall we have a quick look at who is in the chat magazine? Run through, say hello to the usuals, and uh, then get on with our with our topics this week. Yes, let's. So, um, at ten to six this this evening, Matt was already in the chat commenting, saying he was three hours early. Obviously, we we've seen uh, uh, the glorious Mrs. P already in the chat, but uh, the. Uh, the, the Council of Dans are already making appearances as well. Dan Griffin, uh, early chaos. Absolutely love it. It would, wouldn't be chain wrestling if it wasn't for a little bit of chaos. Um, Scottish Danny, hello, sir. How are you? Um, lots of love to, uh, to Nanasar. Um, and uh, straight away, the, the, the team talking between themselves and totally ignoring the concept of the show. Always the best way, though, mate. Always the best way. It is. Then we haven't, it is. We, we haven't got to be that great then because no one's really paying attention. We can just wing yeah. it. <laughs> we kind of like when you go to a school assembly and you've got your headmaster giving all the announcements and really the group are just sat there chin-wagging between themselves. Yeah, having a little yeah. chat. He, he's got yeah. a spare cigarette, that sort of thing. You know, that sounds like <laughs> at my school anyway. You know, that instance was rough. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, so then... We are going to do something slightly different today with regards to the actual wrestling side of things and the, the poll and, and so on. And we're bringing this up now because it's going to affect what we do for the rest of the show with regards to uh, looking at certain things. And if people want to throw suggestions into the chat as we're talking. Mm-hmm. So just so everyone's aware of the plan, Magsy and I have watched a lot of good wrestling recently. A lot. I've mm-hmm. given... Three tens in a row, Magsy. Yeah, ridiculous, ridiculous. Dick, Sam Meltzer. So Meltzer. <laughs> okay, and your your scores have been relatively high as well. A couple of nines mm-hmm. and a ten, I think it was. So we've watched a lot of good wrestling, and that's great. And I'm more than happy to carry on doing that. But sometimes it's fun to look at something that is awful or poor, just so we can, you know. Take the piss out of it, I guess, is the best yeah, way to side I mean, Gillinger. Dan says in the chat, yeah, brilliant. <laughs> that, that was essentially the, the point of Chair Resident. It's cool to watch the, the real good stuff and reminisce on, on how spoiled we are as wrestling fans to see this quality wrestling. But the point was always to put a mirror up to the ridiculousness of wrestling as well. And we have neglected doing that, uh, especially over the, the, the live portion of Chain Wrestling. Uh, we've, we've kind of like, watched the greats. So now let's mm. watch... Let's watch the absolute dog shit. Yeah, but it's difficult sometimes to nominate something awful for yourself, isn't it? It's the, the, the issue is, and I, I mean, from my point of view, and I'm sure it's the same from you, we're slightly competitive about winning the poll. Even though we <laughs> pretend we're not, there is a I'm, little I'm bit not. of friendly... There's a little bit of friendly competition there. So we put forward matches that, that may win a poll. And mm-hmm. usually the bad matches are the ones like people go, yeah, nah, I don't want to watch that. Yeah. It was horrific. So that's why the good matches tend to tend to come up a little bit more. Yeah. So it, we don't know what we're putting up on the poll beforehand either, which kind of no. you know makes it a bit tricky. So we decided in, in previous weeks that we're both going to pick something quite ropey, something quite crap. Mm-hmm. And we had a crap week vote there. And you guys chose which you know, awful batch you want to put us through. This week, we're going to do it slightly different. Uh, after we have watched our wrestling match for the week, after we've watched this step in the in the chain, this link in the chain this week, which is the main event from Survivor Series 2001, we will be looking for you, the CWF, 
to give us options for the poll. Now, we've had quite a few come in on Twitter. Yep. If you've not messaged it on Twitter yet, or even if you have and you think of other ones, chuck them in the chat. It will... It, the, the rules, obviously, are, are as, as always. We've been going 60-odd episodes. Everyone knows the crack by now. We link to the previous week. So this week's match, Survivor Series 2001 main event, there has to be a link from there to what you're selecting. And we want the dregs. We want the awfulness of wrestling. We want something that we're going to really, really laugh at, but also you can laugh at us because we're being made to watch it. And then Magsy will pick one from your suggestions. I will pick one from your suggestions. And they go up on the poll this week. And that's how we're going to be doing it. And the good thing about this Survivor Series is you have... 10 wrestlers to pick yeah. up. You've got all the shenanigans going on. So you could have a, a Survivor Series match. You could have a match in that arena. Any old tenuous link, as long as you can find a way for it to uh, link back to this this original match, then it's absolutely fair game. But yeah. it also has to be a terrible, terrible match. Yes. So no exactly. five-star classics. It's got to be awful. It's got to be awful. If it's good, it gets disqualified, I'm afraid. And then, like I said, Magsy and I will choose one each, and it'll be on the poll for you all to vote for. We're thinking maybe we're going to run through those Twitter suggestions before we talk wrestling. Then we can talk the wrestling. Give us a bit of time to think about which ones we're going to go with as well. And then, as always, put our poll suggestions forward at the end of the show. However, before we get into that... And I suppose before we get into birthday talk, which is our non-wrestling topic this week, uh, Maxi, talking about lame wrestling gimmicks, we want to uh, have a little look about who we're chucking into the old horde. Lame. Let's do it, sir. The Horde. The Hall of Lame, where dire, embarrassing wrestling gimmicks go to die well we wish they would die but they live on in yes yes indeed indeed uh magsy who are you putting in this week now this is a classic um if you know anything about wrestling you will know about this gimmick um i am putting in um somebody that is uh he's going to shock the world i'm putting in none or none other than the shock master. Wow. Oh my God. He's fallen on his arse. Oh my I'm God. That's picking, amazing. When we get to my choice, you'll realize why, but go on. I'm picking poor old Fred Ottman, uh, leaves the WWE after uh, a great run, world champion uh, tugboat. <laughs> uh, comes to WCW, gets a, <laughs> um, a Stormtrooper's hat covered in, in, in glitter. He a gets a waistcoat. <laughs> a, a waistcoat which is part, maybe fur, part kind of ruched velvet, some jeans that are ill-fitting, uh, and he gets to walk through um, a piece of, uh, of, of plyboard uh, but there's a there's a, a, a two by four block at the bottom which catches his feet and instead of walking through and looking mean and looking hard, he falls through flat on his face. The helmet rolls away and he has to scramble to pick it up. And all that time, all the Anderson is the, is in the back putting on a really threatening uh, voice and Fred has to has to sell it like a champ. Uh, the oh, the terrible. the team that he's he's uh, part of the the likes of uh, of um, Sid um, Sting 
um, uh, Bulldog, Booker T are all absolutely creasing and taking the piss. And yeah, he he never lived this down. I mean, it was a crap gimmick to go on with. It probably was going to die on its arse, but it started by dying on its arse. So I'm going for the Shock Master. Yeah, it didn't get any better from there, did it? When Eventually, they kind of gave up on the whole Stormtrooper mask and it ended up being some kind of construction worker type guy. The super shop master. Ah, see. Nah, nah. There we go. That's my choice for this week, Maxi. No. Because literally now, we before you even get there, we do not even even think about no. uh um like talking about this in, 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 in the chat. It's absolutely amazing that we've gone along those same lines. I'll, I'll be straight up honest with you now, right? Okay. I did not know about the super Shopmaster until today. Really? No, no idea. I literally, I was looking through wrestling gimmicks and thinking, because I had a few in my mind and I want to get a bit of information about which I was going to go with. And of course, naturally, the Shopmaster pops up whenever you're looking at bad wrestling gimmicks. And then there's a tagline about the Super Shopmaster. And I was like, what's that? So I clicked on it and it took me to this site with a couple of YouTube links to this. I'd never seen it before. So for those who are in a similar boat to me who are unaware of this, WCW didn't give up with the Shockmaster. <laughs> they had him as this obviously as this construction worker, the hard hat and the dungarees and whatnot. And then they tried to almost repackage him. Mm-hmm. And they yeah. had him dressed up in um, blue wrestling gear with uh, yellow lightning bolts on and a sort of blue luchador mask, but the top cut out so was a bit of hair sticking out. And the mask didn't really look like it fit properly. It was a bit too small. So around here wasn't particularly covered or anything like that. Brilliant. And it was and it was still our our, our good friend Fred Ottman. It was still him. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> but he but basically the first time you hear of, of the super shopmaster is you've got the shopmaster on screen in WCW talking to Mean Gene Oakland about this person he is bringing to WCW. And Mean Gene goes, We've got a satellite link. We can talk to that person right now. And it cuts from Ottman. Well, the shopmaster and Mean Gene to Ottman again elsewhere, dressed as the super shockmaster, saying that he is <laughs> he is the shockmaster's nephew, <laughs> and he keeps calling him um, <laughs> Uncle Fred. He is the he is the shopmaster's nephew, and he's coming to WCW to just win matches. And there's a few other videos. Yeah, yeah, you know, just try not to fall over. There's um, all lose. Yeah, and and there's a few clips of him cutting promos with Tony Schiavone, and there's very, very little out there, if anything at all, of him actually wrestling in this gimmick, and it died very, very quickly. But I thought, okay, Shopmaster is atrocious, but the fact that WCW doubled down on this. And went with the super shopmaster and tried to pass it off as somebody completely different. I don't know what the end no. game was going to be. What was, what was the end game now? I don't understand where they were going to go. I have not got a clue. And maybe it would have been a whole family of of shopmasters, like super shopmaster, super duper shopmaster next, perhaps <laughs> adequate shopmaster. Uh, he's, shop he's, he's kind of like the the cross eyed redhead stepchild of the yeah. of the shopmaster family. Got a bit of a gimpy leg. Um, <laughs> mediocre yeah. shopmaster. He's like the, <laughs> the black sheep of the family. He, you know, he doesn't fall as gracefully as the real shopmaster. So they just disowned him. 
Yeah, crazy old uh, Uncle Joe Shopmaster who uh, you has, wears white slip-ons and you don't like to be in the same room as him uh, on your own because uh, yeah. he's a bit touchy-feely. Yeah, no one likes that Uncle Shopmaster. <laughs> no, they do not. <laughs> but there we go. That's my suggestion. And it's it's funny that we're sort of doing this hand-in-hand, Magsy, I suppose. We hold one hand and then our other hand is pushing these guys into the Hall of Lane together. The shopmaster and his nephew, the super shopmaster. <laughs> Why his nephew of all things though? Why not his son or his dad? Why why nephew? I don't get it, but two great picks. He kept saying as well in this interview, um, any similarities between me and the shopmaster are just coincidental. <laughs> it's, it's definitely like, not because we have the exact same person. It's like I can see your moustache sticking out your mask. <laughs> <laughs> poor, poor Uncle Fred. Oh dear, dearie, dearie me. Magsy, shall we jump to Twitter and everywhere else to have a little look at what people have been sending in this week with regards to our non-wrestling topic? Let's do it, sir. Okie doke. Uh, our non-wrestling topic this week, because of the obvious, you know, birthdays galore in this sort of seven, eight-day period, is birthdays. We wanted to look at whether you've had good birthdays, bad birthdays, birthday parties, going out drinking for your birthday, birthday presents that you've given or received, anything birthday orientated at all is what we wanted to look at. And we've got quite a good response again. Uh, Many, many of them on Twitter, but surprisingly, considering he said he was in the chat three hours ago, I received Matt Willis's entrant into this literally at nine o'clock when we went live so i don't know if he does this to try and test my professionalism as we're broadcasting i'm not sure he he appears with his picks as he appears to to live stream podcasts <laughs> either on the dot or not at all yes yeah yeah waiting for the volley last week you know don't know what now I I can tell you what happened and i will <laughs> I, I will out him in front of the world he fell asleep Oh dear, dear, dear! Now I was DMing you, Sai, after after uh, the volley, and I was actually quite panicky. If you yeah. remember those chats, yeah. um, I tried ringing Matt, I tried texting Matt, um, no answer at all. I was sat here waiting. Yep, the 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 volley should have started ten minutes ago, maybe. I wonder what what's keeping Matt. I was chatting along with the with uh, the guys uh, waiting to watch. Uh, I think um, uh, the the council of Dan's were in there, so we were having a bit of a chin wag. And so eventually, I had to call it. I had to say, "Look, I have to call an audible. Uh, I don't think Matt's turning up. Um, we'll we'll uh, we'll have to postpone." But I was still worried. Him not turning up to the podcast was was not the worry. It was why was he radio silent? Why I could not get hold of him? Not through uh, Twitter. Not through uh, phone calls. So I thought, I'm going to have to do something that I didn't really want to do. I contacted uh, his partner, Chris. I mm-hmm. know Chris uh, works uh, pretty early in the mornings, and so I didn't really want to disturb him, uh, but I had no other option. So I uh, fired Chris a, a DM, and Chris said, yeah, he's, he's really silent from the, the front room. Um, I'll, I'll just go and check on him. What was Matt doing? He was sat up fast asleep <laughs> yes that's amazing fast asleep oh dear me oh For, dear me mr willis mm-hmm. exactly 
unprofessional of all the people I thought wouldn't ever let you down for a podcast. It's the man of a thousand and four podcasts. And that was after as well. It was just randomly decided that, you know, the volume was going to come on air five minutes earlier than normal. And yeah, we, had, it, we, had, we had to we get had to out scramble. Quickly. Yeah, you know. And no, he was in no, no the chat. No conversation, no debate no. or anything. We're just told, oh, yeah, you're done at 5 2. Oh, all right, and yeah. cheers. Scramble yeah. for it, and boom, guys asleep. Yep. Yeah. And he was in the chat all the way mm. through that episode. Let's, let's not forget. Um, he's saying that the rubble caught up with him, and it's not an excuse. And I told Matt that he would get some grief for this, and I've let it lie all week because I knew. I could use this opportunity of going live to to rinse him out. So, Matt Willis, you absolute hall of lamer. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, Matt, nice to see you in the chat and you're joining us this week. Um, we'll start with your birthday stories. I've not read these yet because I said they came in like it just gone nine when we, we'd already sort of gone live. So bear with me. And it is via WhatsApp, this one, magazine, and everyone else is going to be on the Twitter, okay? Mm-hmm. So Matt sends in Birthday stories are few and far between He does have a couple though On his 31st birthday He went round to see his great auntie She was 91 Our same age as my nan today Brilliant We were discussing the James Bond actors And she came out with something Which just made me chuckle Said, Oh I do love the Scottish one. Oh, what's his name Oh that's it Corn Sunnery <laughs> Got in the S and the C the wrong way around Corn Sunnery <laughs> She <laughs> Uh, parties, because he has to go to his 30th, 30th birthday party, where he had all of his friends and family there. It was so awesome. Still ranks as one of the best times ever had in the in their family. The standout moment for me, though, was the surprise in the build-up to the party. He sent out RSVPs, and it had some say they couldn't make it, one of whom was my school friend, Trevor, who had moved to Torquay. Everyone knows a Trevor, don't they? Mm-hmm. You know, everyone knows a Trevor. He moved to Torquay. An hour before the party, he wished me a happy birthday and hoped I had a great night. You know what's coming, of course, I, but I had no idea. 30 minutes into the party, Trevor and his wife arrived, and I think I ended up giving him a Blue Fairs press. The guy's built like the big show. I'm not kidding, he says here. My mum and my brother have been working this from behind the scenes for weeks to get him to Clacton, 450 miles away, for the party. Probably the best party of his life. In related news, in April, he's coming back. He's finally going to be able to make it back to see us after four years of being stuck in Devon. Oh, that's nice, Matt. That's lovely, mate. That's, that's yeah. really nice to hear. That that makes up for not turning up to a podcast last week, Matt. Naughty, naughty. Great story. Well, I, I don't know about that, but... <laughs> yes, no, that's lovely. That's lovely. Big. I, I don't know about surprise parties. I don't think I'd enjoy that. No, uh, I'm, I'm the same. Um, I've only really agreed to one huge party as as a as an adult and that was my 21st uh not a huge not not that i'm not a party person i just don't like being the center of the party attention okay you understand what i mean uh but yeah my 21st and the um the the family wanted to make uh, a big deal of it so we we booked out um um, like a exhibition room and stuff like that. And yeah, I had, a, I had a great time. Was meant to drink a, a top shelf special, which was uh, horrific. Um, I can imagine. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I had a good time. Went home absolutely arsehole, threw up everywhere. Uh, the standard 21st birthday special. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think a surprise party for me would be any good, man. I'd, I'd like to kind of, I'd like to just kind of know what's going on, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and to be honest, people talk about you know putting a party on for me that I don't even know about. I'm a bit like, well, can I just stay home? 
and, and I think that's one of the the best points of having uh, sharing my birthday with, with with the missus because she she loves being the the, the centre of attention. She lo- not that she's an attention seeker by any stretch of the imagination, but she loves the the kind of like uh, the pageantry behind uh, mm-hmm. birthdays and stuff like that. So I can palm all my kind of birthday onto her so when people come to me and say oh what are you doing for your birthday i say well we'll see what what the wife wants to do or if they say oh what do you want uh for a for a gift i'll it'll be well get get lorraine some uh something special uh don't really bother about me because i'm not even one for gifts to be fair same at christmas if i want something i don't wait for a particular day to get it i'll get it when i want it or when i need it so yeah stuff like that doesn't really bother me i'd rather people spend money on on the wife than than on me because i'll get what i want anyway oh aren't you lovely eh well tell them i'm that (laughs) i'm not like that buy me shit i want stuff (laughs) (laughs) so that's what you have to do next year uh, cwf when it's our birthday week again buy buy some stuff yeah that yeah that works we'll set up one of those i don't know fund me job is or whatever and you can just send me me. i'm I'm good with money cash cash is fine I mean, we'll set a, 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 a relatively simple target, maybe a hundred thousand euros. That'll be a decent target for a go for me, okay, yeah. or even Just a randomly Patreon. picked off the top of your head, yeah. Yeah, randomly mm-hmm. picked off the top of my head, and definitely yeah. not mocking a podcast that is stolen your ideas, sir. Well, maybe it has, <laughs> maybe it has. We'll get to that another time. We'll get to that another time. Dan Griffin, a good friend of the show, at DanGriffin21 on Twitter. He says here, My 21st birthday at uni, I went out till 4am, or so I'm told. I got so drunk, I blacked out to the point I didn't know I'd been to a strip club. Brilliant. Few few of us stayed in my mate's flat. I got up at 9am to go home because I had an interview with a uni rep for a work placement. Wow. So me and my mate get up and walk through Chester. It's the school holidays, so there's already lots of people around, and I'm still feeling quite drunk. A woman looks at me and says, that's disgusting. I uncharacteristically fall off and tell her to go fuck herself. And I'm drunk because it's my birthday. Oh, you're going to be as rude as you like with me. As if, as if that makes it acceptable. I then realise she's got two small children with her. So I shuffle away mortified at my actions. I get home, go to the toilet, wash my hands and realise I've got a massive green cock drawn on the cheek, on my cheek. And that's what the disgusting, <laughs> the woman said was disgusting. And my mate let me walk home with that on my face the thing is it won't come off i scrub and scrub but the best thing i can do is a vague a vague penis shaped green splodge covering half my face i was clean shaven as a youth you see so i go to this placement interview with a green dick splodge on my face still reeking of booze and somehow come out of it with a work placement in the cheshire constabulary press office (laughs) (laughs) brilliant i've heard the story before but it, it doesn't get any less funny whatsoever oh. it's superb it's it's <laughs> it's just gold isn't it well or, it or green i suppose yeah oh. <laughs> but telling the the mum and the kid to to f off whilst having a a cock on your face is yeah brilliant. it's absolutely brilliant <laughs> that is that is awesome that is awesome uh rob at utt rob on twitter he sent us here saying he spent his 21st at his mate's dad's funeral stroke wake oh, okay that's not uh not the ideal way of spending your 21st birthday i suppose is it i know i bet the atmosphere was dead 
Dude. I felt, I felt dirty doing that. Was that an intentional oh. pun there? That that was terrible. That was. Let's move on, mate. That's a, that's. A, <laughs> I'm embarrassed for you. That was that was awful. <laughs> I don't know if I'm embarrassed about it. We just it was a poor poor pun. It was in bad taste, my friend. <laughs> Danny at Scottish Juggalo on Twitter, good friend of the show and one half of the absolutely fantastic Nitro Nights podcast. He's also got a very very good co-host on that show with him as well. You want to listen to that guy? He's brilliant. You people, you know who I am. But you don't know why I'm here. This is where the big boys play, huh? Look at the adjective. Play. Go at it live on WCW Monday Nitro, where the big boys play every Monday night at 8 on TNT. Catch Nitro Nights with me, Cy, and Scottish Danny every Thursday via Visionaries Global Media and Radio Techers. Danny says here, this year, my sister and her family took me out for a really nice meal in a pub. And then I got to finish it off with Mags, Ori and Tanner, as we were called in a changing attitude. It was an awesome day. Ah, lovely stuff. What an amazing birthday that was. What yeah. an amazing birthday. I get to spend tomorrow's birthday recording an episode of Badlands, which is brilliant. I absolutely love podcasting. So that would be an amazing day. Yeah, great stuff, mate. Great stuff. No, that's lovely, Danny. That's, oh, that's, yeah, that's yeah. nice. And it's cool that we could share that with him as well. Uh, we did mock him uh, for his uh, one-man meat, uh, the meat guy name. But, yeah, it's all in good fun. Yeah, He's, <laughs> he's an absolute superstar. He's took to podcasting like a, an absolute gem as well. Mm, that um, uh, The first episode of One Man's Meat Pod, I really enjoyed. It was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. And something that I've... Um, so that I'm really, really happy about as well. Obviously, you know, I've I said very much tongue-in-cheek being being a bit of a dick about Nitro Nights and Danny's co-host. People know that it's, that's me, obviously. It's me and Danny who do, who do is, Nitro Nights. Well, so, I didn't know that. Well, it is, mate. It is. I put on a silly voice. No, <laughs> <laughs> no it is. It's me that does the Nitro Nights podcast with Danny. And as I've said before with Nitro Nights, I'm looking at stuff that I've predominantly seen before, maybe years ago that I can't remember, but I've seen, I would say 90% of what we're looking at before. The the fun appeal of the show is that Danny hasn't seen any of this WCW stuff, especially in order. So hearing his reactions and so on is great, but also sometimes he, he comes up with facts and uh, sort of stories about the guys involved, where he's obviously far more professional than me, and he's done some proper research, and uh, and and I'm learning things myself from Danny doing this show about mm-hmm. wrestling shows that I've seen numerous times. So 
Yep, he's, yeah. he's he's exactly the same on uh, on a change in attitude. This this episode is turning out to be, even though it's our birthday episode, it's turning out to be a, a bit of a love fest for for Scottish Danny. But yeah, when he uh, when he uh, came and and filled in for for Tanner for a few weeks, um, he really took to it so, so well. And like I said, he brought facts and information that that we didn't know, and we'd uh, well Tanner and me especially had gone through this period of WWF um, as as huge fans. Ori was kind of a fan of the later period, and then Danny, um, he was essentially doing what he does on Nitro Nights, where he, he's, he was watching stuff that he hadn't ordinarily watched. But mm-hmm. yeah, he, he took to it so, so well, uh, to the point where, on I think it was his third episode, um, I, I jokingly pitched that it was his turn to, to, to host. And he jumped on it straight away. He was like, yep, I absolutely want to host. In fact, I was hoping you would ask. So so I prepared to host. And yeah, just hit it straight away. Yeah, such a, a great guy. And yeah, um, glad that he's a, a member of, uh, of, a, of the Changing Attitude team. Amazing that he's on uh, a podcast with Chris Bellis. And um, also he's on a review as well, which is just superb. Yeah, and, uh, yeah it's great. He's really hitting the ground running. Yeah, keep it up, mate. Keep it up. It's great work. Absolutely. Hey, everyone. It's Sai again. Apologies for me interrupting the show one more time. But I realise that we talk about a change in attitude a great deal. It is a fantastic show. You can catch Tanner, Ori, Mags, and the awesome Scottish Danny reviewing WWF Attitude Era one step at a time a change in attitude every week on the Chairshot Media Network. Simply follow at ACIA Podcast on Twitter, at ACIA Podcast on Twitter, to get updates on the show and find out when the episodes are coming out. It's the big brother to Nitro Nights, and honestly, it's becoming very, very quickly one of my favourite podcasts. Check it out. All four of these people are awesome. It's, it's a fantastic show. Make sure you have a look. MGB Graham at MGB Graham on Twitter, good friend of the show. He says here, floor seats, third row at AEW Dynamite for my son Mason a few weeks was a few weeks back wasn't a bad present, considering he also got a fist bump from CM Punk out of it too. That's quite cool. Yep, uh, we spoke about that on uh, when I was uh, the first ever three-time guest on uh, on Good Cop Bad Cop. Um, yeah, and it, even though I'm not a huge CM uh, Punk mark. Uh, knowing that that was such a cool moment and then knowing the kind of backstory to it as well with uh with how they kind of like moved around the the arena uh to be able to get that fist bump uh yeah it's a cool moment something that would would make you a much stronger wrestling fan and it's just something as simple as that that, that can really kind of light a fire under a wrestling fans um so yeah great moment yeah yeah definitely uh handy t1tf on twitter he says here, he was getting a blowjob on his 18th birthday. He looked up at the ceiling and he, can see, and he can see blue lights in the car from, from his car being towed. It's also a great birthday, awful birthday rolled into one. And no, to answer your obvious question, I didn't stop. And it was like $350 to go pick my car up. So he literally just thought, sod it, let the car go. I'm just going to crack on anyway. <laughs> I mean, it's either that or try and stop the the person towing your car away with your cock out. What well, do you I do? Suppose. 
Um, yeah. You get in trouble Christ. either way, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> wow. What a, what a birthday. What a birthday. Yes. $350 down now. Not good. Steve-O, at Total Steve-O on Twitter. He says, bit of a long one, so I'll condense. Um, went to Barcelona for his 23rd birthday. Mm-hmm. I think we've about, had this story as well before. I think so as well, yes. About 14 years ago, we were going specifically to watch Barcelona versus Atletico Madrid. It gets to the Saturday, the day before the game. We went to the pub and saw a game came on. Look closely, Barca versus Madrid. I thought it was just a replay of a classic match, and then it dawned on us this was live. We were approximately 20 minutes away by tube. We ran our hearts out to get to the new camp. Finally got there with only 15 minutes left. The score was 4-1 to Barca and Messi had scored a brace or a hat-trick maybe. Within minutes of sitting down, he was being substituted for ex-Chelsea player Eideke Johnson. <laughs> what an <laughs> absolute letdown. I mean, Good Johnson was a great player, but if you've gone to see that game and, you, and Messi's being subbed off, you would be fuming. Oh, man. Absolutely. You'd be gutted, wouldn't you? Absolutely gutted. He says, even says gutted is an understatement. Oh, man. Yeah, not good. Not good. Uh, Dan Griffin chimes in with stories of birthday presents. Uh-huh. He says here, best present received was when I was 19 and I got a track date where I got to drive a Lamborghini. That's, best that's present, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Best present given was surprising my mum for her 50th, turning up in Spain to celebrate after me and my brother spent six months telling her we couldn't make it because of work. Ah, see, that's the kind of surprise that is cool. Yeah. You know, I don't. I wouldn't want the whole surprise party thing and being like, ah, oh, because, you know, but that, that is cool. Yeah, absolutely is. That's amazing. Getting to drive a Lamborghini as well. So you just probably rag it around on the tracks and that kind of... Uh, uh, I think you usually get like about three, five laps as well. So, yeah, it's uh, just revving a Lamborghini down. I mean, it's the stuff of, of dreams, I suppose. Mm. Well, I don't drive, so I don't know, but I, I can... Sad's <laughs> dream is being a passenger... Whilst, In a Lamborghini. Whilst, whilst Mrs. P <laughs> drives him... To the shops, Mrs. P. <laughs> in a Lamborghini. Free <laughs> yeah. Treadworth in Gloucester. My God. It wouldn't make it to the shops, mate. We'd pull up at the traffic lights and all the 12-year-olds would come running out the houses and skin the thing. We'd just be sat in a metal frame and just sat there, like, you know? Oh, or you'd be trapped in a in an area where there's loads of speed bumps. Yeah. There's a lot of speed bumps around here, to be fair. <laughs> a lot of speed bumps. But, yeah, there we go. Ah, Good Cop, Bad Cop Wrestling Podcast at Good Bad Wrestle on Twitter. It says here, one of the fave gifts he received was when his eldest was around eight and he saw a Bruce Springsteen mug. He thought he would like at a charity shop. Didn't let me see him do it. Used his own money, saved it for his birthday. My favourite mug now. If it ever broke, a record car will not cut it for me. That is lovely, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Absolutely lovely. Yeah, that is awesome. It's Bruce Springsteen, so he's the boss and... and Mm. To, to have like that that uh, kind of forethought from from your kids, knowing that you wanted it and they they wanted to buy it for you, yeah, it's so sweet. Yeah, no, that is lovely. Mate. That is lovely. On the other side of the coin here, Millwall Chris tweets in and says his dad once bought him a girl's bike. <laughs> Brilliant. Apparently, the- it had a, a basket on the front and everything. Wow. We- Maybe he thought you were a girl, sir. Mm, maybe, maybe, maybe. I borrowed my sister's bike when I was younger once, and that was a proper girl's bike. It had like the, it had a, like a little um, satchel thing on the back, right? No crossbar, and it was, it was pink. Tassels. Tassels. It probably, to be honest, 
I can't remember if it had those, but that it does sound like that would be something, right? And, a little and basket little on bell. the front. Yeah, it had the bell. It had the bell. And I don't know where I had to go. I was, I was in a hurry to get somewhere to pick something up. I mean, this is during some of my more, shall we say, dodgier days. So I might have been going to get pick up something to whatever, smoke, whatever. So I uh, ended up just shooting off down Church Lane on this bike, not thinking that I'd be like, you know, popping into the car park of the, of the co-op surrounded by you know lots of unsavory characters and i'm there turning up in this little push bike <laughs> and it's too small for me as well so my knees are coming up to my chin as I'm, <laughs> I'm just like popping in and these blokes all just stood there leaning against their car looking at me like what the is this and you best way out of that i've just rubbed it yeah exactly that, my friend, that is all we have for our birthday topic this week. It's nice, nice bit of po- barring obviously UTT Rob's experience. Um, yeah, nice, nice positive chat this week, and nice, nice positive non-wrestling topic on the whole. It was, yeah, and some really cool um, uh, memories and stories for for people's birthdays. Yeah, it was a a great a great shout. Yeah, definitely, mate, definitely. So, Magsy, do you have any? Um, again, um, not one for really being uh, bothered about presents for myself. Um, there's been stuff as a kid that I thought was absolutely amazing. When I first ever got an Atari uh, 2600, it was absolutely the best oh, thing yeah. that that, uh, that ever happened. Um, one time I got... Um, um, an army, uh, an A-team van uh, with where you could lift the lid off and play with the figures inside. Uh, that ended on a sour note because uh, my brother sat on it and popped the wheels off it. Um, yeah, never, never quite got over that. Um, oh, still, still, still cuts me deep. Uh, but for for me, it's more. I like I like seeing people's faces when you give them a a gift. Um, mm. Like for instance, this year for for Christmas for for my uh, youngest son uh, Carlos, massive massive UFC fan. Um, so uh, for for Christmas, I got him a, a sand uh, poster for um, the UFC uh, uh, three uh, two hundred, which was uh, Conor McGregor versus uh, Habib Nurmagomedov, sand by both fighters, uh, which uh, yeah absolutely blew him away. So it's it's things like that that, that I like to do. Yeah, no, that's awesome, mate. That's awesome. Oh, really good stuff. I, I got some really cool stuff in the past that, I, that sort of stands out to me. The first time I saw ACDC. The wife got me a ticket. We'd only been together not long at all, really. But ACDC announced an arena tour. It sold out in seconds. I was gutted. Then they announced a stadium tour, but tickets were crazy expensive. And Sharon, who wasn't my wife at the time, I think we'd not even been together a year, she actually went out and got me an ACDC ticket at Wembley. And I'm one of my favourite bands for decades. I'm thinking this could be the final time I get a chance to see them. Thought that opportunity had gone. She bought me the ticket. I'm not going to lie, mate. I shed a tear when I held that ticket in my hand. I was very emotional. And oh, been- That's awesome. Luckily, I've been to see them again a couple of times since. They've, they've carried on longer than I anticipated, but still, that first initial one was, was great. Uh, my original Nintendo, when I was a kid, when my parents bought me that way back when, the little grey block, you know, the, the uh, with the A and B controller, the little square one. I was showering in yeah. the chat. I said, we've been together a couple of months. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, just a couple of months, yeah. See, love at first sight, quite clearly. 
Yeah, I mean, it was for her. You know, I had to work on it a bit. But... <laughs> <laughs> she wore me down eventually. Those no, ACD, ACDC tickets were pivotal in that relationship carrying on. <laughs> <laughs> not at all, mate, not at all. She actually constantly had to keep telling me, stop uh, stop proposing. I'm not going to say yes, wash you drunk. And all this was after like a week or two weeks or something like that. <laughs> yeah, but no, that was great. That was great. And like I said, Nintendo was awesome. Um, I got my sister a picture of John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John but as well as like a pencil drawn one and it was both signed oh, wow. by them and she's a mad Grease fan so that was you know she was over the moon with that like, so that was lovely yeah so yeah it's just, it's just nice mate isn't it? it's just nice yeah it is it is it is it is um shall we jump back to Twitter then I suppose and have a little look at some of the suggestions for matches to put into the poll and this might get people sort of thinking about other potential options uh, if you do have other options for the poll chuck them straight into the chat there let us know uh, we'll make sure we read them out as well and then, as i said earlier on magsy and i are going to pick one each and that'll be our poll for this coming week so two rules i guess one it's got to be a bloody awful wrestling match and two it's got a link to this week's show uh, this week's match as always wow Dan- Mustang Griffin um, in the chat saying there. So he's, he's put side down on one knee, pissed up, presented an onion ring, office takeaway as an engagement ring to, uh, was it, at Sharon. I love the <laughs> fact that you all chatting the chat away to each other and just absolutely ribbers. Uh, and Matt Willis as well. Nintendo Entertainment System, that's 1983, buddy. You sure you're only 40? Well, yeah, I mean, you are aware that they sold them in other years than 1983 <laughs> no, you could only get them specifically yeah. in 1983 and then that's it <laughs> yeah what's that about no we had yeah. a nintendo yeah my sister had the original master system the big black sort of hexagonal boss or triangle I, block i had thing. the second one the the second master with a gray button the rang gray button on it yep and the, yeah. the slidey flip uh, yeah, and it, yeah, and it came packed in with Alex Kid, which uh, you didn't need a cartridge in it. You just turned yeah. it on and played that game. I I played that game until the pads broke. It was such a good game, Alex Kid. Yeah. Alex Kid was great. My sister had that, and we had. Oh my god, yeah. I was wondering what you were doing then, but that end bit, I was like, oh yeah, I don't like this. The, um, uh, the game that my Nintendo came with was, it was one cartridge, and you had to choose which game, like, you know, Mario like Duck Hunt. Yeah, Mario and Duck Hunt. Oh, fantastic. Absolutely. So, so good. And how good was it when you realised you could cheat at Duck Hunt and get the, get the, uh, ducks every single time by pointing at a light bulb? I did not know that. <laughs> oh my god brilliant is that real that's absolutely real why really so it was literally i just i just pointed the gun at a light bulb and just pulled the trigger the ducks would just fall down dead yeah how did i not know this because the laser wasn't to do with hitting your tv it was to do with the reflection of light back to back into the the gun but yeah why? Okay, that's blown my mind. And also, you know, effectively <laughs> ruined my childhood that you could have done, done That's like... <laughs> it's a twofer. Win-win. Yeah. It's the same as when I realised that Jet Set Willy on the Spectrum can't actually be completed. It doesn't matter how many times you try. No. Yep. Oh, mate, that was that's heartbreaking as well. So many. I spent so many years trying to 
complete these things. And it's pointless. I've wasted my life. And that's why you now play Football Manager, a game that essentially never ends. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. It does end sometimes. You've been so I get my hair off. <laughs> it ends sometimes because so I get my hair off. When I've lost like a, a big cut final again, I just get get my hair off and shut the thing off. You know. <laughs> Uh, so we'll have a quick look through Twitter and some people's suggestions for poll options. Now, Magsy, I know you're not actually aware of many of these that come in. So I've, I've actively avoided this thread. Um, yeah. Even though I'm tagged in it, I've had to skim past the notifications. But yeah. So try and uh, make a little mental note if there's any there that you want to plug for, any that you want to put forward for the poll this week. We start with Scottish Danny again. He says, this one's a bit of a stretch, but hear me out. Using the Brothers of Destruction as the link, how about Undertaker and Kane versus Chronic from Unforgiven 2001? That's not a stretch. That's exactly how the show works. We link from one match to the other, whether that's via the, the, the arena, the referee, the title, whatever. And you've used two wrestlers there to link to another match. So yeah, great show. Absolutely brilliant. Good show. Yeah, great show. Um, Chris on twitter at 82 not underscore chris is the handle here uh says a match from the 2nd of october 2000 episode of monday nitro between jeff jarrett and booker t using booker t as the link obviously for the wcw world title don't really want to explain more because it'll spoil it but trust me it's very russo and very terrible this is the san francisco 49ers match is the stipulation now i'm not sure if i have seen that i probably have but you probably have. I yeah. definitely have not, or if I have, I have wiped it from my memory. Yeah, two thousand WCW can either be like really intriguing and really sort of hook you in, or it's absolutely batshit crazy and you've got no idea what's going on and it's just daft. So I'm assuming that is more of the daft side. So <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Dan Griffin on Twitter at Dan Griffin twenty one. He says. Team WCW was missing two of WCW's top names, those being Sting and Hulk Hogan. So he nominates Sting versus Hogan from TNA, Bound for Glory 2011. And he's put the link to watch the match on YouTube, which is always handy. Thank you very much, Dan. And he says underneath the link, it's an utterly shit match. And that's exactly what we want. Correct. Nailed all of the parameters. Exactly. Exactly. Steve-O, at Total Steve-O on Twitter, he says, anything to do with Shane McMahon, I cannot stand him in the ring. Promo commentary, he's great. In ring, I genuinely get offended, especially over recent times, so I nominate him versus The Undertaker at WrestleMania in the Hell in a Cell match they had. A fucking atrocity. I'm getting pissed off even writing this. (laughs) (laughs) Which is very much not like Steve-O at all. No, I mean, was it that bad, that, that Hell in a Cell match? I don't recall it being that bad, but Steve also doesn't like a lot of the 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 wrestling that that I grew up on, because um, he's seen it through twenty twenty two hours, obviously. And mm, he, yeah. So maybe his his uh, opinion is a little bit skewed, but uh, it's a decent pick. Very apropos if you consider all the stuff that's gone on with Shane McMahon over the last uh, week or so. So mm. that's a that's certainly a contender for for a pick. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, we get Tanner via the Rage of Techers account. Who not tries, quite under- yeah, tries to not even play along. 
doesn't quite get the rules. Yeah. says here, I finally get a chance to suggest the 2016 5-on-5 Men's Survivor Series match, and you dash away my hopes and dreams. It's like, okay, well, was that bad? Because, again, I can't remember that, but 2015 to t- sort of now-ish, a lot of wrestling events from WWE kind of blend into one for me. Yeah. So I struggle to know which year is what and so on. Yep, but uh, Tanner continues saying it's not bad. That's the problem. It's great. But here is one. The next time that Shane McMahon was in a match involving Big Show would be Unforgiven 2006. And it's DX versus Vince, Shane and the Big Show. Vince gets his head shoved up Big Show's arse. I'll leave it at that. So there's an option there. I mean, that with uh, with Vince essentially eating the Big Show's uh, clinkers, that automatically <laughs> puts that high on the pick. Clinkers. So, so that may be, a, may be an option. Mm. Um, Mel Chris asks, did we cover the Undertaker versus Goldberg from Crown Jewel where Undertaker almost had his neck broke? That's another pile of shit. No, we haven't. So that's eligible to go on the pole as well, potentially. Mm-hmm. Goldberg versus Taker in a match that, I'm not going to lie, genuinely broke my heart seeing how bad those two were. Because yeah. growing up, they were two guys you thought were awesome, you know? Exactly. And he also pitched uh, um, DX versus the Brothers of Destruction from Crown Jewel as well. Yes. Yes, but we've covered that on the show already. We have. That won a poll up against Chris Bellis's suggestion, actually. Mm-hmm. Look at that segue, Max. Back to the Twitter. Oh, my God. I'm so bloody professional. <laughs> At Real Chris Bellis says, what about Undertaker versus Giant Gonzalez from Mania 9? Oh, no. No. That I is mean, it's horrific. so, so bad. Yeah. That, I don't want to watch that one. I think that's kind of the point, isn't it? It is. It is the point. It is terrible, isn't it? It is terrible. I think we're going to end up watching that, mate, to be honest, because everyone's just going to be like, ooh, vote for that. Let's make sure we watch that shit. (laughs) But there we go. The Undertaker. (laughs) Mill Chris says here, The Undertaker, I'm starting to feel a little sorry for him now, participated in a battle royal in London in 1991. Looking back now, it was absolutely horrendous. Not sure why I've suggested this match, though. That's the Battle Royal that Chris has mentioned once or twice that he, that he was at, at the Royal Albert Hall, isn't it? Yep, so Undertaker not getting a lot of love from uh, mm. from Millwall, Chris. Um, yeah, I'm thinking he may not be a fan. Yeah, maybe not, maybe not. I mean, that era of Undertaker was a bit ropey, to be fair, wasn't it? Match quality, yeah. the gimmick was great, but match quality-wise, it was a bit... Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he had to be led uh, at that time by uh, a ring general. He wasn't the he wasn't the ring general that he would become over over future years. But yeah, oof. if he mm. wasn't in there with a good wrestler, it was pretty brutal. Mm, yeah, yeah. And to be honest, it didn't get much better for a few years. We recently looked at '94 Royal Rumble, didn't we, with Yokozuna versus the Undertaker in that casket mm-hmm. match. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the lowest scored match I've given. I think it's like a one or one and a half or something. It was terrible. Yeah, yeah I mean, luckily on uh, a changing attitude, we're into that uh, early part of 1997 where he's really coming into his own as somebody who can lead the dance. Uh, we've just covered Rumble uh, 1997 where he, uh, um, he faces Vader. And whilst it's not a brilliant match, um, it's it's certainly passable, uh, but if you compare it to those early um, Taker matches, yeah, it's, it's night and day in terms of wrestling quality. 
Mm, yeah, definitely. Uh, and finally, from Twitter, with regards to links to awful matches, we have at Carry the Gary GH on Twitter. He says here, off the top of his head, Hogan versus the Giant, obviously using the Big Show as the link, at Hog Stroke Road Wild 96. Bad match, board bikers cheering heel Hogan. Heenan, tired and emotional, he's put in comments, which normally means that Bobby Heenan's had a little bit too much to drink before they went on air. He's on, pissed, goddammit. He was a little bit slurry. On commentary and the giant big show selling a belt shot for six years. Yeah, it's it's crap. It is atrocious. And the thing is, even if that doesn't get put up on the poll, and even if that doesn't win, doesn't win a vote, that's 96 WCW. That's something that me and Danny are going to have the joy of watching quite soon. <laughs> <laughs> the, and joy is certainly in, is in, uh, is in quotation marks. Oh, mate, it's not a good look, is it? It's not a good look. Nope. No. But there we go. Those are the options on Twitter. What For about now, in the chat, Magsy? Well, in the chat, we're getting lots and lots of suggestions. So we've started with, uh, with uh, Matt Willis. Uh, he suggests uh, Pat Passan versus Gerald Biscoe at King of the Ring 2000. It links because there are three people in this match that have won the King of the Ring tournament, and that's the kind of linking that we appreciate here on, on Chain Wrestling. I as have no idea where he's going to go. Possible. Yeah. Uh, but he, he hates this match. I'm sure it's the, the, uh, the evening gown ball uh, match. Yeah, I think so. He hates it with a vengeance, so that's a, a good pick. Uh, Dan Griffin. On the undercard of Survivor Series 2001, uh, William Regal wrestled, and he is the link. Lord Stephen Regal versus Goldberg from the uh, Now for February episode of uh, Natural. Oh, yeah. That is shot. Um, before we get on to any more uh, suggestions, uh, Sharon and Dan continuing their chat. Drunk ramblings on the phone. Thankfully, I wasn't the girl that got excited over his shit drunken proposal. Well, brilliant, brilliant. Scottish Danny saying, since Kane was here, Kane versus Carly from SummerSlam 2009, don't you put that on us, Ricky Bobby. That is horrific. Um, and Danny saying he can't wait to uh, get to that uh, on Natural Nights in about five years, which will be, uh, <laughs> be amazing. Um, have we any more in the chat? Just scrolling right down. Yep, yeah, uh, Matt confirms it is the hardcore evening gown match for the hardcore title, and he despises it more than he <laughs> despises Manchester United. Oh, well, there's no accounting for taste, mate. Um, so there we go. Those are our options. We'll have a little think, and if you've got any more that pop up or any more that come into mind that you want to discuss or want to, want to suggest Magazine I choose for the poll, by all means do so. Chuck them in the chat here. Mm-hmm. Yep. And at the end of the show, Magsy and I will both pick an option that will be put up on the poll and throw ourselves at your mercy and let you pick from these two potentially awful options what awfulness we watch next week. Correct. Maxie, it seems funny saying this because we've spoken about quite a bit of wrestling before the little jingle plays, but shall we talk a little wrestling? Let's do it, sir. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! Oh, nearly made it, nearly made it. <laughs> a, a Matt Willis special there. I just no, I just realised as you know, as I said this, let's let's talk about the match. Let's talk about a bit of wrestling. That my notes were actually just on the other side of the ring. So, <laughs> so I thought Classy. I bet there's time. I bet there's time. As always. Yeah, I thought I bet there's time when you press the little jingle 
and we hear the old fellow go, you know, let's get ready to rumble. I bet I can make it to the other side of the room and back, get my notes, sit back down, and no one will be any the wiser. But I've got my leg tangled up in all my cables <laughs> down here. <laughs> We've got a peak behind the curtain. So We've I was literally just struggling in gorilla position. <laughs> and yet again, another reason why you should be tapping your notes and putting them on your screen so they're right in front I can't. Of you. I can't. I've got, literally, I've got a format thing here, believe it or not. You know, where we a rough idea of what we're going to do with the show and bits and bobs and so on. Everyone knows what a format is, I don't know when I'm explaining it. But it's, um, if I click on the thing here to bring the format up, not that anyone can see this, but it hides the chat. Because if I'd make it any smaller to try and read this, and cause I've got to be able to see you, Magsy. So, you know, and, again, live tech tips with, with, uh, with Mags. Uh, Make sure the the window with uh, with uh, the streamyard is open, and that's the right. the open window. Hold down the the window key. On your I'm keyboard. not doing it now because I'll, I'll screw it up. If I do you it won't. now, I promise you, I, you won't. I'm because I'll, I'll end up just vanishing from the from the. You God, will not. I, I promise you. Hold down the window key. Which one's the on, window uh, key? On your keyboard, the one that looks like a window. Oh, the square one. The window, yeah. And yeah. Then okay. Tap. Tap an arrow, one of the, the two left or right arrows. Oh, God. And it's gone to half of the screen, hasn't it? Yeah. And then you've got an option of what you want to fill the other half. Ah, uh, okay. Look at that. Isn't that clever? You're really oh, okay. How do I make it go back to normal? Just click on the, the there we page go. thing. Ah, no, yeah, I'll leave it like that for now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway we are a wrestling podcast we are we are Connor mccabe in the chat hello sir i didn't see you uh pop up hope you're doing well yeah hi Connor. how you doing mate again excellent work with your uh, ozark recap i'm looking forward to the new series starting soon keep it up my friend keep those episodes mm-hmm. coming the more the merrier the quicker the better mm-hmm. it is uh and montage i live my life by ask the wife we will um <laughs> So, our well, winning the poll this week was you, Maxie, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Got a little bit of a run going. Not and, that uh, we're competitive. No, but... no, 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 no. It, it won a, a, a big poll, a, a huge poll. So yeah. many people voted. Absolutely fantastic. Thank you to everyone who voted in the poll. It was, I think it's the highest number of votes we've received yet. So... Who knew the Survivor Series of 2001 was so popular? Mm, well, yeah. Yeah, so there we go. We're looking at the main event from that show. The winner takes it all, I suppose, as the tagline is from Vince mm-hmm. McMahon. The Team Alliance, Team WCW stroke ECW versus Team WWF. And the winning team in a traditional Survivor Series wrestling match, traditional Survivor Series rules, effectively puts the other company out of business because that's how business is done in America. Now, <laughs> so, so essentially, this was the whole... Uh, wrapping up of the invasion angle. Yes. Uh, WCW had been bought out by WWF, and this was the culmination of, of that uh, essentially nine-month storyline. Yeah. Yeah, and it, I mean, it was supposed to run longer, wasn't it? It was supposed to go to WrestleMania. They uh, they wanted the sort of the ending of the whole invasion, WCW war thing to happen at WrestleMania, but it yeah. just was falling on its arse. Be- there was a lot of factors around it. Um, um the the XFL was was a thing and was failing. Uh, we WWF uh, didn't uh, weren't able to secure the big stars, so there were essentially a lot of the kind of the B roster uh, and a lot of uh, 
the fans weren't really kind of into the storyline. Um, so, yeah, essentially it was an audible and it, it wrapped up four months earlier. But mm. we do get uh, a story um, um, that, that comes off of this that we've kind of covered on uh, on Chain Wrestling before, the, the uh, Ric Flair... Uh, and Vince McMahon co-owners. I, I think we covered it a lot when we did the uh, the supermarket brawl between Austin and uh, Booker T. That was yeah. uh, that was a uh, part of that storyline. So um, yeah, that's that's kind of like the the phoenix that rises from the ashes of this this horrific end, as opposed to what could have been one of the best storylines in the, in wrestling history. Yeah, I mean, I suppose we better get into it a little bit, Maxi. Better, better sort of touch upon it, seeing as we're we're looking at the end of the invasion here. Mm-hmm. the invasion angle itself now a lot of people say it was a failure and a lot of people say how did WWE screw this up WWF sorry at the time screw this up and so on we all know that some of the big stars weren't going to come to work because they were under contract with Time Warner rather than WCW so the likes of Goldberg Hogan well the NWO in general um, mm-hmm. Mysterio Steiner, all these big names that were huge deals in WCW, they they could sit at home and collect big paychecks. Exactly. I don't see what else the WWF could have done, really, because you can't ignore the fact you've 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 bought these companies. You can't ignore the fact that you've done what they've done. They have to do something on screen. What are they supposed to do? Have these guys sit at home and wait for the big names? That's not practical. No, absolutely. Um, and then, do you can you uh, revisit uh, an invasion angle once they've already been kind of these wrestlers have already been embedded into the company? Uh, it that kind of wouldn't work. They it, they had to run with what they had. Uh, luckily for for uh, the for WWF, they also had the ECW guys, so they could kind mm. of. Uh, make best of it and i think you're right it gets a lot of uh stick for being a uh one of the biggest misses but yeah i i, I can't see how wwf could have done any better aside from paying these horrifically um disgustingly sized contracts that that were a major factor in wcw going out of business in the first place so yeah, yeah I, I i i do look back on the invasion with a lot of fondness it was uh when i was in the peak of my wrestling fandom all the big hitters were were there uh yeah it was um I, I really enjoyed this this period because you didn't know which way the the WWF was was gonna go. Was WCW going to survive and become its own brand like the the rumors were were were, were swirling around at the time? Um, so yeah, it was a an exciting time to be a wrestling fan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they did try WCW on its own, didn't they? Once they bought the company, we mm-hmm. had a Nitro uh, sort of takeover, I guess, but not in a not in a sort of invasion or hostile way. They they had Arn Anderson and was, I don't know if it was Mark Madden, maybe I'm not sure. They had Arn Anderson definitely on commentary for the end of an episode of Raw, and we had a main event there of Buff Bagwell versus potentially Booker T. I want to say, yeah. or maybe somebody else. And it stank the place. It was atrocious. Uh, they, they did tinker with the idea of having WCW as one show and WWE as the other. Yeah, I think the the plan was for uh, Nitro to be on Mondays, uh, and then uh, SmackDown to be the 
the the WF show. Um, but yeah, that that one trial episode uh, put the absolute car bash on that, and I think it was Booker T versus uh, uh, versus uh, Buff Bagwell. Because didn't they both get thrown out of the of the arena at the end by the 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 WWF guys? Yeah, it was a it was a shame because it could have been something huge. Uh, and as Dan says, there was a whole uh, raw natural simulcast where Vince announced the purchase and kicked off that invasion. Yeah, and we've covered that. Uh, we uh, we had the the pleasure of covering that for a, an episode of uh, UTT. Um, that was good fun, but the potential was huge. Mm-hmm. Um, and looking back on that that sim, uh, simulcast, when Vince mentions the likes of Sting and Flair and Hogan and Goldberg, they all get the big. The big cheers. The only one of the the the, the wrestlers uh, that came over that that got anywhere close to that reaction was Booker T. Yeah. He was massive at, at the time, and so he and essentially ended up becoming one of the focal points of the 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 invasion because of how big of a star he, he was in WCW. And he was effectively when it comes to stars from WCW, he was almost effectively what they all they had from the main event level. Mm-hmm. I mean, DDP yeah. was there, but. I mean, he was a main eventer a few years previous. Yeah, he had a few world total rings, and it kind of dropped back down into sort of lower lower areas of the card, I guess. And then you're looking at the the likes of a Lance Storm and so on, all very handy, you know, capable wrestlers. But when it comes to name value, I mean, again, I'm, I'm not picking on Lance Storm; it's incredibly unfair. The guy's the guy's wonderfully talented. But when it looks when you're looking at name value and I suppose value as a draw in the wrestling business. Then you put Lance Storm up against a Hogan or whatever, or a Goldberg or whatever you're looking at. Mm-hmm. The difference is quite, you know, is quite obvious, isn't it? Yeah, and and that's why when you look at the 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 team that Team Alliance uh, had for this match, so you had Stone Cold, who was. Uh, he had been in WCW, but he was uh, WWF uh, through and through. Uh, obviously, in this uh, in this angle, he was uh, he was a turncoat. He was on the side of Team Alliance. But then you had Angle, who was WWF through and through. You had Rob Van Dam, who was ECW. You had Shane McMahon, who was obviously um, WWF, now unaffiliated. Perhaps uh, he will soon be All Elite. Who knows? So there's only really Booker T like waving that WCW flag for, for the team. It was a, a really kind of um, weird rhetoric. And then you look on on uh, the opposite team and you've got the likes of uh, Jericho and Big Show who made their names in WCW. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. where they they were huge. So, yeah, it was a, a an interesting dichotomy of these teams and, and kind of the alliances that they had. Yeah, I mean, the whole involvement of ecw in the invasion storyline as well that was added relatively late on into the proceedings as it, you know it wasn't thought out in advance this was done because the wcw aspect was stuttering to a degree and they realized that the they needed gravitas yeah the the invasion it's only something like that's only going to work if if there's peril isn't there so like that's only going to work if uh if the the opposition are viewed as being genuine competition mm-hmm. so when it was just Booker T and uh, and a few tag teams you didn't have that so I could see why they would bring in the ECW factor as well and they get the dynamic then of Stephanie owning ECW Shane owning WCW which I thought was cleverly done uh, Heyman is obviously involved as well and and then even then they needed more star power and more 
more threat, I guess, on the the alliance side, and that's why you had the likes of Austin and Angle going across to to that sort of side of the fence. So I can understand why it was done, but at the same time, it kind of it does make it a WWF storyline as opposed to an invasion of WCW, doesn't it? Yeah, you're right, and and again, it's it's kind of making the the best of a uh, of a bad deal. Uh, with the with the, the 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 wrestlers that came over from WCW, uh, I thought uh, the addition of ECW was a masterstroke, especially mm-hmm. when you get that that uh, episode of of Raw where the the ECW um, um, wrestlers come out um, essentially as WWF wrestlers to kind of stop this uh, uh, this WCW invasion, and you only kind of twig that they're ECW when they turn around. And yeah. face off against the 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 WF wrestlers in your oh yeah they've all got something in common they're from ECW yeah so I thought that was a, a a cool little kind of wrinkle in the story but yeah you needed that star power and unfortunately the, the that wasn't coming from the WCW side uh, so they had to kind of uh, mix it up with turncoats and and storylines and heel turns and stuff like that. Uh, to add that, um, like I said, to add that peril. And even on the Team uh, WWF, you had uh, The Rock and um, and Chris Jericho who were at, at loggerheads as well. Mm. So you Can needed, they coexist? You, that's it, exactly. <laughs> so that it needed that to make it look like it wasn't going to be a whitewash, uh, which it, it, it actually didn't end up being. It actually ended up being probably one of the best uh, traditional uh, Survivor Series matches that, that we've ever had. Hmm. And that's something I wanted to pick your brains about as well, Magsy, actually. The the format, the Survivor Series format. In this instance, it really works because there's an end game, isn't there? There's there's mm-hmm. a prize for the victor, so to speak. And, and there's peril and, you know, a, a problem for the team that, that is not victorious. However, is now the Survivor Series gimmick kind of dead? Yeah. Yeah, it, it. I mean, going back through the history of Survivor Series, it was actually only created to to go against the NWA. Uh, was mm-hmm. it? It yeah. was like the competition for Starcade. Um, mm-hmm. So the matches uh, were set up. Um, so there was inklings of storylines between the competitors, but uh, essentially, it was um, they were. They, they were kind of like gimmick matches. They didn't mean anything in the grand scheme of things. It was just a group of faces versus a group of heels. The pay-per-view happened, and then we all chug along. And it's only over like, uh, um, like the, the, the Attitude Era and going into the Ruthless Aggression Era where uh, it was used more to further storylines and you got titles involved and things like that. And now it's, it's rare that you actually see traditional Survivor Series matches actually on Survivor Series, which mm. kind of eliminates the point. And I get that today's wrestling fan is uh, a lot more fickle than maybe in the in the 80s and 90s. Um, and if you kind of strong arm um, um, a team f- uh, match uh, where it's not necessarily needed, fans aren't as receptive as they, w- they would have been when you're just look- watching your heroes beating the villains uh, as you did uh, back in the in the grand old days of the the, uh, the 80s and 90s. So I don't think it works as well as a concept now. Um, so maybe it could be time to perhaps retire it as a, as a pay-per-view, uh, maybe have it as like a, a one-off every now and again. Uh, but 
unfortunately WWF are going to WWF and uh, they're hit on a gimmick and that gimmick chugs along for the the end of time. I mean, we Mm. mentioned the Elimination Chamber um, last week. How many Elimination Chambers now have there been? At least a couple of... Yeah, a couple of dozen. It kind of loses its momentum. How many times have we seen uh, a thing like a Hell in a Cell match being strong-armed into a a storyline because an Hell in a Cell pay-per-view is coming up? It's, It's kind of a... It's overworking the gimmick matches. I think sometimes it's less is more. I think. Mm. Yeah, I mean, to me, it, to me, it's lazy in a way. It's lazy because I mean, we've had it in recent years, haven't we? Where you know half half the match are wearing the blue t-shirts, half the match are wearing the red t-shirts, and it's it's a case of all you know they're they're doing this for bragging rights or who's the superior brand. The average wrestling fan ain't going to give a shit. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it's not. It's not in, interesting enough. And what, and also, you've got to think. You end up with feuding wrestlers on the same team. You end up with you know heels and faces potentially on the same team. Why would they put aside their weekly issues just for the sake of bragging rights to try and win a, a, a match for the team whose t-shirt they've got the same color of? It just makes no sense. And to me, it's it's, it's lazy. If there was a, if there was a a prize at the end. I mean, one idea that popped to mind a while back, if you had Raw versus SmackDown as the obvious example, the obvious way to go, because that seems to be the way they do on Spoils Do Night, had it as the main event of the show and the, the winning team, their brand got preferences or, or preferential picks in the Raw Rumble in two months' time. So I mean, if, if Raw won for argument's sake, if Raw won the Survivor Series match, it's not just bragging rights or anything like that. If Raw won the Survivor Series match, they get numbers 28, 29, 30 in the following Raw Rumble in a few weeks' time. And then all of a sudden, there's a reason for these wrestlers to coexist because they want later numbers to get title shots. And Survivor Series then, it kind of does give it a purpose. And that whole thing you mentioned about the Hell in the Cell, it's that time of year. I think it's October, isn't it? They do Hell in the Cell. Yeah. So when you're coming into October, they sort of strong arm in the Hell in the Cell stuff. You don't need to worry about that with regards to the Survivor Series thing because it's set up literally to influence the Royal Rumble. So having the Survivor Series in November to influence the Rumble makes sense timeline-wise as well. Yeah. I mean, that's just an idea that popped in my head. Like, like I don't know. No, it, it's absolutely right. And it, it reminds me of, um, of uh, an issue with Survivor Series that... Uh, uh, one of uh, the 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 internet wrestling community, Mr. Warren Hayes, uh, great guy. Uh, definitely go and check out some of his content. I've had the pleasure of being on his uh, show multiple times. But he has an issue with uh, with uh, Survivor Series, much like you, that there's no stakes involved. Mm. Uh, and one issue that he's brought up multiple times is when you see uh, wrestlers uh, wearing the blue or wearing the red, uh, like uh, repping their brand. A lot of the times, those wrestlers have only just been drafted yeah. to that brand so yeah. what why would they have that loyalty so i think you're absolutely right there needs to be uh some sort of stakes i like the idea of the rumble uh, i think a few years ago they did uh where the winning team ended up being uh, gms of their brand for a week each and they could pick the matches um that was a, a cool uh, option you could have a title match stipulation where everybody gets a, a title match of their choosing um you could have a monetary um stipulation where it it 
you are vying for a hundred thousand dollars or a million dollars to to win the the match you don't actually have to give it to the wrestlers because obviously it's a storyline but mm. you need something uh, a reason why these five random wrestlers want to beat these other five random wrestlers apart from the fact that they're on a show on monday and a show on thursday yeah it kind of doesn't make sense anymore yeah and again it comes back to that that word that i sort of used at the start of this discussion it's lazy mm-hmm. yep. it, it's lazy it doesn't it doesn't you know you can have exactly the same match exactly the same outcome and just chuck a stipulation on you get number 30 in the rumble or you get title shots like you said Maxie. it's so easily done and then of course you're filling tv for the next few weeks after that yeah exactly it's just laziness you know it's it's simple concepts though that need just need a little bit of tweak and all of a sudden they're refreshed there's mm-hmm. more interest in 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 the matches. Uh, I can't remember the last time I was legitimately interested in what's going to happen at this year's Survivor Series because no. it's kind of lost that that big far feeling. I suppose some of my big memories of Survivor Series. This one aside, because I was all I was invested in the angle, the match, the, the, and all that, and so on. Are non Survivor Series matches? The Elimination Chamber we looked at was Shawn Michaels returning. Yeah. That was a big deal to me. Obviously, everyone remembers Montreal, but you got Brett and Sean in 92 as well. As a kid, Brett and Sean main eventing Survivor Series 92 was a big deal. Mm. And they're all non-Survivor Series type matches. So I suppose that does show that it's been potentially dead for a long time. Yeah, and, and if you go back to the uh, the traditional Survivor Series matches, you you only tend to really enjoy them because you were young at the time and yeah. you were you they were your heroes and you you didn't kind of understand the the the, the kind of mindset behind kayfabe and and you thought wrestling was real uh mm. that's when you really enjoyed the 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 traditional matches nowadays it's you've described it perfectly it's lazy it feels lazy it's just strong arming uh, ma- uh wrestlers into a match that that kind of doesn't fit yeah, yeah. So there we go. But anyway, we've watched anyway. A, we've watched a, <laughs> a traditional Survivor Series match. Um, before we actually get into the show and the match, um, and I don't like doing this, but I'm gonna have to throw some shade on uh, on CWF um, uh, stalwart Scottish Danny. I feel mm. the same way about the Rumble. The concept feels dead in the water, and it no. seems to cause ructions in the Council of Dan's, because uh, Dan Griffin says he has to disagree there. The 2020 Rumbles were fantastic. 2021 was a rough one with no fans, and this year's absolutely shat the bed. Um, um, I, I still think it's fun. Yep, uh, Royal Rumble is one of the two uh, WF events that, or WWE events that I look forward to, regardless of what's going on in the storylines. Yep, this year's were not great. I don't think, I think they weren't as bad as they've been made out. Um, sometimes the booking is a, a little bit janker uh the wrestling is the most basic you get yeah but it's it's just fun and it's where survivor series matches can be lazier in terms of the booking the rumble there's always a, a reason for a rumble the winner gets mm-hmm. to go on to WrestleMania, so it's got those stakes but again that's that important we, we talk about exactly you know? it's got those stakes where the survivor series matches nowadays don't tend to have that Mm. Yeah, exactly. I love the Royal Rumble. I mean, this year's was toss on it. Let's be honest, but I do love the Royal Rumble. I don't think it was as bad. It was as as made out. Um, the Shane stuff was, ugh, yeah. I mean, mm. him outstriking uh, a legitimate MMA uh, proponent in in uh, 
in Matt Riddle, him being willing to put over Brock Lesnar. That yeah, thanks, mate. <laughs> yeah, that's just absolutely tickles me. Um, and then the easy options of going with the two biggest mainstream stars that they've got as winners, I get that. But the Women's Rumble, I thought that was booked really well. We've got some yeah. clever, clever spots. The Men's Rumble, maybe not so much. But it was a, uh, a rare miss for me. Mm. Yeah, I, mean, I normally always enjoy them. You know, this year's not so much, but... You know, no gangrel, mate. That was the problem. No ah, gangrel. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, November 2001, Survivor Series, the end of the invasion. You know, this, this on the whole, Maxi, I think it's a good match. I enjoyed this. Yeah, I think it's, like I said, it's probably one of the, if not the best, um, five on five Survivor Series match. It's, it's certainly up there with the best. And mm. what I actually enjoyed as well was, how all the way through the show they added to the importance of of this yep. match and and this event in general even the matches that that preceded this match were all affected by what happens in this match so you've got the tag titles on the line uh, and you have uh, the Hardy Boys saying we have to win our match otherwise potentially our jobs well, could, yeah. could be on 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 the line uh, and then you get like the snippets of um, the two groups talking and 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 just nailing down how important it is to win this match. Uh, the best uh, the best one was uh, Vince essentially having his team lined up and he's just walking down the line, absolutely eyeballing every single one of them and saying, I could easily be looking at a bunch of losers here and take us like, I will slap the yellow off your teeth, Vince, if you carry on with that <laughs> bullshit. Uh, but yeah, it just nails down just how important this match was mm. in in storyline terms yeah i thought the build for it was was absolutely superb yeah it, it was great i mean a couple of things I, I wondered up watching the majority of the show back i skipped quite a bit but i watched bits of everything shall we say before we get into the main event and you're right there's adding tension and the importance and so on but there's also the paranoia as well isn't there that mm. the the alliance team is kind of pushing forward from their dressing room, I guess, with regards to Vince McMahon saying somebody from the Alliance is coming over to the WWF. At there's, a there's, yes, a there's a mole. There's a mole. Yes, there's a mole, And uh, <laughs> they're all thinking it's Stone Cold Steve Austin. So that gets the the Alliance bickering and so on. And I think that was done really... Bear in mind, none of these people are going to win a bloody Oscar for their acting, let's be fair. But I think it was done really well because you could always you could feel the tension between the team members going up to this, couldn't you? Yeah, and 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 it kind of mirrors the the tension in the in the the WWE team, like like we mentioned. Uh, Rock and Jericho were were at loggerheads. This was uh, the 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 start of Jericho's kind of heel turn. Um, so there was there was tension on both sides. Mm. Uh, nobody really could trust each other and it was uh it was that 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 gave this match a lot of its kind of a a lot of its gravitas a lot of its meaning yeah and you mentioned there the the dudleys and the hardy boys match as well in the cage that's something i want to touch upon as well very quickly i mean first of all the cage match itself because i think you had on this pay-per-view such variety you had singles matches you had a steel cage match you had a battle royal 
Yeah. Uh, I'm not normally a massive fan of Battle Royals because it tends to be uh, the same old shite until you get down to the last couple, I guess. But, but even the storyline of that Battle Royal was, yeah. was, was really good. Uh, so uh, earlier in the, in the, the event, uh, Edge and, and Tess were facing each other. Um, that ended up unifying the, the Intercontinental title and the, the United States title. Uh, Edge came out as the winner, which meant that Tess's job was on the line if his side didn't win. Uh, so I think he took out Scotty Too Hotter to get in that battle royal and essentially went on and won it to to get immunity. So he was going to be safe no matter what happened. So even uh, a random battle royal added stakes to mm. to not only the wrestlers in it, but the show in general. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it's little steps all the way building up to the main event, isn't it? And that's the way it should be mm. done. Yeah. That's the way it should be done. The tag match was interesting for me at the beginning as well, by the way, because you had the Dudleys coming out as WWF Tag Team Champions, but wearing the WCW titles. Mm-hmm. And then you had the Hardy Boys coming out as WCW Tag Team Champions, but wearing the WWF Tag Team titles. Yep. So they just completely screwed up. <laughs> <laughs> and again, it's not that hard. The attention to detail here, it's not that hard. No, well, I, I agree. But uh, in the... Um, the uh, there's a there's a segment backstage where everybody's worried about Matt and whether he's uh he's uh, fully compass mentus uh, and the title he comes out with actually has no colouring on it. No, that's right, yeah. And that pissed me off. I was legitimately fuming about it because you see Jeff stood next to him and he's got the 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 red and the blue from from the planet and Matt's is there with no colouring and I'm like, take that title off, Matt. You were annoying me now, mm-hmm. uh, but. This is like it weren't finished. Yeah, yeah. Or he'd done a uh, he'd done a um, macho man and rubbed it off with the brass or <laughs> yeah, <laughs> cleaned it a bit too much. Yeah. yeah, I did that to my mum's cooker once. I thought it was been really helpful when I was younger cleaning the kitchen, and I cleaned the cooker and I took all the numbers off. So for years until we got a new cooker, we could never know what the temperature was. We had to so guess. you had to guess. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. Good work, Sai. Um, Puddle of mud brilliant band from this t- sort of time frame some great records they released their song control was the theme tune for survivor series that year yeah but it's gone from the network magazine it is yeah and it's a fuming because they're i think they're off that album uh, i think it was come clean the name of the yes album. that's right yeah there's a there's about three or four banging tunes yeah. that really good tunes is that um blurry superb tune uh this one control um she hates me that's yeah. another ba- bop of a tune so yeah there was a period where puddle and mud was was the the the, the favorite band of the wf saliva had been usurped mm. worst band i've ever seen live though mate puddle and mud. yeah apparently the guy the lead singer he's called wes he's a bit yeah. of a, a bit of a, a dick bag yeah they were playing the local guild hall you know, that's a 20-minute walk from my house. I thought, this is fantastic. Went along, and it was terrible. He was smashed off his face. Yeah. Kept leaning out into the crowd, asking for a, a lighter um, to, to light a cigarette, even though this is during the smoking ban and so on. Just absolute, absolute tool. There we go. See, and Dan, Dan kind of uh, reiterates that, the lead singer. I'm sure his name's Wes. Um, um, yeah, Wes. Um, it begins with a C, doesn't it? Yeah, um... But yeah, saying so, you know, that he tried feeling up uh, Dan's mate whilst uh, he was performing um, when she, when she was at a gig with her husband. Yeah, apparently he's a a bit of a a, a pimple dick. Mm, I don't yes. know if he's still like that now. Uh, but yeah, what an arsehole! Mm, what a loser! 
Anyway, <laughs> Jim Ross and Paul Heyman on commentary. I bloody love this. WrestleMania 17, they're great. Mm-hmm. This whole era that they are fun, because they come across like, and from listening to Jim Ross on, on various podcasts, it, it's true. They come across like they just don't like each other. And yeah. they genuinely didn't. And apparently Vince McMahon used to get Paul Heyman to push JR's buttons on air to get him to lose his shit. And it was fantastic. It was, and it, it absolutely worked as well in, in terms of the storyline. Uh, Paul Heyman was all about the alliance, um, and um, Jim Ross was WWF through and through. So that that really worked, and we, we've seen uh, Jim with um, kind of a heelish color commentators. The the stuff with Jerry Lawler obviously uh, stands out, but he was more um, always for the heels. Where where Paul Heyman, this was he was part of this group of the yeah. the alliance, so he he had stakes in this, uh, and you can see when we get to the end, just how much it meant to him that that his team had lost. He was uh, it was heartbroken, absolutely mm. heartbroken. I love the way as well that he's he sat there with a Stone Cold Steve Austin baseball cap on. Yeah. I thought that's great. <laughs> just snarly touch, a snarly yeah. snarly touch. <laughs> I like the way as well that all five members of both teams get individual entrances. Because mm-hmm. to me, that I, I don't know if this is just a personal thing or if it works for other people as well. But when you're getting each person coming in, and obviously they're starting with, for want of a better term, the lesser members of each team and building up to, I suppose, the top guys of each team. It builds the importance again for me. It builds that yeah. suspense of how big this match is. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, a few issues with the with the the entrance that I had. Um, one, Austin's theme music at this time. It was so bad, mm. so so bad. Um, Undertaker when he comes out, um, Jim Ross goes through the history of the Undertaker. Says he uh, he debuted at, um, at Survivor Series. Absolutely right. Says he beat Hogan and won the title on his debut. Yeah, nope. Definitely didn't happen there, Jim. Uh, nope, you're you after that was... it. Yeah, yep. I think you might be losing it there. Uh, but yeah, uh, th- those were a couple of little issues, but you are right. The the fact every wrestler gets to look like a star, and even in the match, every wrestler gets their opportunity to shine. Even shitty, shitty Shane McMahon got the mm. opportunity. Mm. But we'll get to that. Yeah. When we start off, I suppose, pretty much how we're going to finish as well. Spoiler alert, I guess. With The Rock which and is, Austin. Which, for me, is it's great. It's yeah. bookending uh, 45 minutes of um, amazing wrestling action. And you're starting exactly how you ended. Really, really good. Yeah. And the, the, the music is still playing. There are other wrestlers milling around, getting you know, through the ropes and getting organised. But The Rock and Austin, they're just sod this. They're, they're, they're off. They're off to the races. They're you know punching each other and carrying on and so on. Mm-hmm. Every pinfall attempt that <laughs> Team WWF makes in these early stages, Shane McMahon runs into the ring and breaks up. In a twat. Yes. But again, I suppose that's kind of what he was supposed to do. Ha- get that reaction of, oh, you frustrating little shite. Yeah, and but but now you hear the 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 stories of how he is or he was backstage at, uh, at the Rumble and the Raw afterwards. You can now think: Did he? 
put himself in this position as mm. somebody else lost a spot because Shane wanted to be uh, the centre of attention. And we always kind of like meme Shane that he does stuff to get his dad's love. Uh, and there's always the, the rolling joke of him getting the happy birthday at Shane McMahon uh, tweet <laughs> of Vince. He didn't get one this year, by the way. No. Um, but we've always, there's always been kind of like a, a feeling sorry for Shane because he's willing to put himself through some major painful moves to try and live up to his dad's uh, reputation, his dad's legacy. When we've recent with the recent story lads, is it just Shane thinking he's better than everybody, and that's why he's in this match, and that's why he's involved with all the wrestlers having to put up with dickhead Shane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Yes, very frustrated. And Jim Ross, again, on commentary, sort of pushes th- this over the edge as well, doesn't he? He loses his rag and literally just sits there and says, God damn it, somebody stop shaming my mom doing this and so on, which, yeah. is, which is good. Um, I suppose, again, spoiler alert, but it kind of does need touching upon because it happens throughout the match here. We all know how this contest ends. I mean, we knew how this contest was going to end before the show started let's be honest there is no because we're not watching wcw monday natural um, exactly i mean we're not watching raw but we're yeah, yeah. Not watching natural. <laughs> so we all know how this is going to end however the way it went about with, with kurt angle being the mole and turning on the alliance and so on at the finish was was a nice little swerve for me that was quite good mm-hmm. but watching it back when it happened, I popped. I was like, oh, yeah, that's exciting. And uh, the following night on Raw, it was brilliant. It was great television and so on. Watching it back now, though, some 20 years later, it doesn't make sense. Because quite often, Kurt Angle is trying to pin guys from the WWF, which he doesn't have to do. It's not It's not like he's in a single... T- there's, there's five other guys, four other guys, sorry, in his team. He also breaks up a pin attempt saving a member of the alliance at one point yeah. again it doesn't make sense if he's ultimately going to swerve and, and and turn at the end why didn't he just let booker t get pinned rather than save him saving him he could have happened he could that could have happened quite easily without arousing any suspicions storyline wise you know yeah i mean that makes sense i didn't that's not something that i kind of clocked on uh, but you are right. If you are the mole, if your uh, role in this uh, match was to eventually um, turn and and aid the the opposition to victory, why would you do that? Yeah, that's mm. a, a really really good point. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. I mean, he does secure a pinfall for the alliance, but when that happens, he's he's just took a tombstone and he's out of mm-hmm. it. So that you can kind of explain away that they've booked in a way that makes sense, but him going out of his way to go through the ropes, jump in the ring and save Booker T when ultimately he's on the WWF side doesn't make sense at all. When you look at what happens at the end of the show, but mm-hmm. there you go. Um, the big show looks absolutely fantastic here down yeah. to our, our friends, Chris Jericho and RVD bumping all over the place for him. But yeah, the big show looks like an absolute monster. Well, it did on his end, uh, entrance. There were five guys in the ring, big shows, music hits, and he cleans the ring. Everybody mm. like everybody dives out for for his entrance. So yeah, he, he looked he looked in pretty good shape as well. Uh, we've mm. seen uh, uh, Big Show's um, appearances sometimes where he's uh, he's not looking his best, but here he's he's looking quite slab, very amazingly strong. And I think every wrestler in this match gets moments to shine. Mm. 
Yeah. Um, especially in, in, in the kind of like the, the first 15 minutes or so, uh, everybody gets uh, opportunities to hit their big moves. Everybody gets the opportunity to, to, to look a million dollars. Uh, there's very little in terms of botching. Uh, yeah, so it's um, um, a good match all around. I think it's paced very well as well. You have, in some of these multi-person matches, you tend to find that you get a lot of eliminations quickly and you boil down to the couple of guys you want to have at the end. So they have they have a bit of a run in the ring, or mm-hmm. you have everyone involved for a while, and then lots of eliminations quickly to get to the finish, or w- whatever. Or you get those issues where all of a sudden moves that don't normally result in a decision get a decision because they're trying to get to the, where they want to be quickly. You know, yeah. like a roll up, all of a sudden gets a win. I mean, this it happens in this match as well. Don't get me wrong, but they happen a lot more, and it's more noticeable in these Survivor Series matches. But here that doesn't happen to me to the level where it's a pain it's very it's very well paced i think yeah there's a there's a the the eliminations tend to come in almost like bunches of two Mm-hmm. Two to three. Yeah. Uh, the first two uh, come uh, around the the fifteen minute mark. Then there's a uh, kind of a slowdown with uh, some more wrestling. Then you get uh, two or three more, uh, and then the the last couple lead to essentially a, a ten minute match between the the Rock and Austin. So you're absolutely right. The way um, the eliminations are paced really works well. Um, you don't get that kind of big bunch of quick eliminations that that kind of don't make sense. Um, mm. So, yeah, uh, good shout there. But speaking of eliminations, we do get a couple that, like you said, Magsy, I suppose, are relatively close together. And both of these guys take three or four finishers each. Mm-hmm. So I suppose it makes them look strong is the term thrown around on the internet quite a bit, I guess. But yeah, that's the big show is outburst, quickly followed by Shane McMahon, because obviously Shane McMahon needs to take three or four finishers to have his shoulders pinned because he's that fucking hard. Mm. Easy though. Easy though. (laughs) Uh, Moving through the match, we have Kane in the ring, no selling a five-star frog splash at one point. Yep. Grabbing Ravi D by the neck. That's one thing I didn't quite enjoy. No, I understand Kane's a seven-foot monster and so on, but did it have to be done? You could have done something else to get to the choke slam spot rather than, you know, no selling the guy's finisher. But is what it is, I suppose. Yeah, and that that is one of the more uh, janky uh, eliminations for me. Um, they didn't need for for Kane to go out to essentially the 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 thrust kick off the top yeah. rope. That kind of yeah. didn't make sense, especially when he'd already hit the five star frog splash. We got the the uh, the the chalk slam. Yeah, you're right. That that didn't make sense, but it did get uh, the the big red machine out. Thank God, nobody likes Kane. So, <laughs> the, the Q worst part in the chat. This, yeah, the worst part <laughs> of this match. Uh, the un- uh, Kurt Angle pins the Undertaker after Taker has took a stunner and Angle has been hit with the tombstone. Austin drags him over the top and just drapes his, I suppose, unconscious, lifeless body, whatever, over Undertaker to get him pinned. And again, as we said, that does kind of make sense because Angle's got no idea where he is because of the tombstone he took. So that does kind of make sense. Like, that was booked okay. And and the last round as well. He takes the, the last round. Oh, yes. yes. I think Sorry. it's Bo- Booker T goes to, to bring uh, a chair into, into the ring. Um he gets kicked by uh, Taker, and that's when Taker is hit with the stunner, uh, and then leads to leads to the pin. Mm. 
Uh, Angle then does, like we said, uh, like we mentioned earlier, saves Booker T from being pinned, which makes no sense. But The Rock then pins Booker with a roll up, <laughs> and it's like, okay, well that's that's that done then, I suppose. <laughs> Uh, Sometimes you can't help somebody. Uh, he no. tried his best to save Booker T, and Booker fell for the 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 roll up of doom. The roll up of doom. Yeah, there we go. Uh, Jericho pins Rob Van Dam with what is now the Miz's finisher, isn't it? What's the name uh, of them? The uh, skull crushing finale. That's it. Yes, I couldn't. I, for some reason, I kept thinking mic check, but that's completely wrong. No, you know it's um. Yeah, but he uses the what is now the Miz's finishing move to pin RVD. Mm-hmm. Austin then climbs up the ropes to deliver a, a, an aerial move, I guess, from the middle rope, which is normally for Austin at this time period. It's like a, an elbow drop, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. And then realises, shit, he's a bit far away, actually. <laughs> so I won't bother. I'll yeah. get down. <laughs> so he just hops back down and walks back over to him. Yeah, That, uh, that was quite funny. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but then Angle taps out to The Rock and the awful, awful, awful sharpshooter that The Rock does. Yep. It just always looks crap. Yeah, he's, he's, for me, I think his legs are too long to do a sharpshooter. Mm. It just... it, he also puts both legs under his arm. That's not how you do the sharpshooter. It's one leg under the arm, the other one comes across. Okay. I mean... It tries. It's it's the he over eggs the pudding as well. I think on his selling of the of the move, mm. he he his facial expressions are as if this is hurting me just as much as it's hurting the person underneath me. Yeah. So yeah. why would you do it? <laughs> it yeah. makes no sense. Oh. <laughs> but there we go. There we go. Yes, angle taps out. So then we have a two-one advantage to Team WWF, don't we? Austin being the only one left for the alliance. Yep. But not for long. <laughs> Austin levels it up one each with uh, he pins Y2J with I, I don't know it kind of looks terrible doesn't it it's, it's really sort of scruffy roll up kind of effort there as well isn't it yeah it, it comes from uh, Jericho going for the lion salt again I think he eats the lion salt maybe three or four times in, in this match uh, oh it looks gets- good though doesn't it it looks really good Max yeah I think uh, Loki Jericho may be um, the best the best wrestler in this match. Uh, and this is a match where, like I've said, everybody gets their, their, their chance to shine. But for me, Jericho puts on a great performance. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he, he goes for the, for the line. So uh, Austin gets the knees. Um, then it's almost like they, they knew what they were going for, but the, the, the players were in the right positions. Cause Austin goes uh, to kind of, Turning for the for the, the the two count and ends up essentially sat on on um, on Jericho uh, pulls the leg up and and gets the pin. It, it kind of didn't make sense, but mm. yeah, I think that that was just uh, rolling with the punches. Both guys were kind of out of position a little bit, and we just needed to get down to this one on one. Yeah, and then Jericho turns on the Rock as well, mm-hmm. which. I understand that they I understand that this is heading towards Jericho's heel turn and there's the the differences they've had though the can they coexist nonsense that we get sometimes I, I appreciate that but Jericho's been eliminated just randomly because it was it did come across so random that he attacked the rock here 
Yeah. It's, it's almost like they, they knew they wanted to get heat on Jericho. They knew they wanted Jericho to be getting booed. So they had to do something. But this makes no sense to me because he needs The Rock to win to keep his job. Yeah, I mean, I suppose. Uh, it makes sense uh, in the cold light of day. Um, but at the time, Jericho frustrated that he's not going to be uh, the the one of the guys at, at the end of the match winning. Um, had these issues with The Rock. Wants to take it out on somebody because you can see him like really getting frustrated with the referee uh, kicking the ropes. So he he he's kind of the red mist comes over and he attacks the rock and then you see him walking up the up the the ramp and he's essentially giving the rock grief whilst he's walking up. Finds out that the the rock has kicked out of a pin and is attempting to walk back to finish the job. I assume. Uh, you get backstage shots of uh, of the alliance all cheering and Team WF like, oh my god, what's he what's he fucking doing? <laughs> but there's one person who's who's very much not a part of that uh, that locker room, and it's Undertaker, and he comes out and he's like, oh you son of a bitch, you get your ass back to that. What the hell do you think you're doing? And he tears a strip off uh, off of uh, a Jericho. Um, so yeah, I get the point that it doesn't make sense. But when would when would be a better time to get some nuclear heat on Jericho than this? Yeah, when it's down to the two biggest stars in in wrestling at the time, uh, going one on one for all of the marbles, and Jericho screws uh, the the biggest baby face on the on the show. It in terms of getting heat, it was the ideal time to do it. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. But again, just logically, from a storyline standpoint, it's confusing because it's like, well, why have you done that? Because you're going to end up costing yourself your job, potentially, and I don't know. It's just one of those things that there's a little sort of grey mark over that I sort of think, okay, that doesn't quite add up. But I know where you're coming from, yeah. Okie doke. So down to Austin and The Rock, the two biggest names uh, at this time, and the two biggest names from the previous few years, haven't they? You know, numerous WrestleMania main events together and so on. And they have a great 10 minutes or so, don't they? Yeah, and, and this, for me, is is what this Survivor Series match was always going to be about. It was always going to be about Austin versus The Rock. They'd been the biggest stars for the last two years. They'd been the biggest stars for the next two years. Um, the company was revolved around these two mm-hmm. uh, head-to-head, so... You have them uh, as, as essentially captains of the opposite teams. It was always going to boil down to Austin versus The Rock for the for, for the end of it. And we got what would have been a great 10-minute match between the two. Um, I thought this was, was brilliant. Brilliantly booked. Yeah, and you can see how these two guys are, first of all, very, very good at what they do, of course, but also together as a superb. Mm-hmm. Because their match at WrestleMania 17, their match at 19, any other occasions they've crossed paths, like in the Rumble and so on, the intensity between the two, you can see the rivalry is there, regardless yeah. of who is on which side of the fence, who's the good guy, who's the bad guy, whatever. It's believable that these two are genuine competitors. Genuine, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's so believable, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, if there is ever any two wrestlers that uh, are career feuds, it's these two. Yeah, you can you could uh, argue that Austin versus McMahon is a is a bigger feud. You could argue that Rock versus McMahon is also a, a bigger feud. But in terms of two legitimate wrestlers, um, I, 
I don't see it getting much bigger than than these two for career career um, um, storylines, career battles. Mm. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Uh, eventually, though, we end up with well, they're exchanging moves. There's a bit of blood involved. A title belt is in the ring, and the Rock hits a stunner, and the crowd go mental, don't they? Yeah, I've never, never enjoyed the Rock stunner. No. Never. And it's all because of the trailing arm. So when Austin hits a stunner, he grabs, he uses both arms to grab mm-hmm. the opponent's head. Rock, he essentially hooks Austin's head in between his arm and the other arm's just flailing about, doing its own thing. I've never enjoyed yeah. it when he does it. But he, 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 Austin sells it like a champ. Yeah, yeah. And, and the crowd reacts massively. Nick Patrick comes down, the WCW referee, and poor, stops the count. Poor oh. Earl Hebner. The amount of bumps he took in this last 10 minutes, <laughs> he, he must have had concussion. Mm. Yeah, he, he stops the count. Then he takes a silly bump from a, a punch, doesn't he, Nick Patrick? He's like, he's, like, he's not, he's punched. I mean, I, you know, pe- most people in the chat or whatever listening to this would have been punched or punched someone in their life or at least seen somebody who has been punched. Mm-hmm. You get hit. That's the way it is. You don't react like there's a ghost appearing at the ground right in front of you. You don't throw both your arms in the air and go, ah, and then topple off to the side. That was that was ridiculous. <laughs> Great overacting. Oh, oh. I thought it was hilarious. Oh, ridiculous. Austin then hits the stunner on the rock. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's no referee. There's people all milling around trying to, you know, Earl having this sort of stirring a little bit and so on. And here comes Kurt Angle running to the ring picks up the WWF title and we almost don't get to the moment of which way is he going to go because yeah. he wastes no time at all in just plowing Austin with the belt, doesn't he? Yeah, exactly. Um, there's no kind of a, um, there's no mystery because he, he he wants to get in there and get it done straight away. We could have easily had the the kind of like face off or who, who am I going to hit? One wrestler in front of the other and the wrestler ducks, all that kind of shenanigans. But no, uh, Kurt wanted to let everybody know he was the mole and he took out Stone Cold Steve Austin with the towel. No, no ifs, ands and buts. He deals with absolutes and he was absolutely the mole. Yes, he was indeed. He wasn't messing about. And then, you know, the Rock's music hits and he, he's celebrating and Vince comes out and, you know, stands on the top of the ramp celebrating like, you know, he's just secured the pinfall himself, I guess. <laughs> Quite a cheesy moment there. But and that, that's effectively the end of the match, Magsy, isn't it? It leads to a fantastic episode of Monday Night Raw. If anyone's not seen the Raw that follows this pay-per-view, go and watch it. It yes, is super. So many great moments. Um, the return on of people on commentary, the return of other stars to the ringers. I'm not going to name names in case you haven't seen it, but it is bloody brilliant. This time in WWF, I loved. I thought it was. I thought it was great. Yeah, I totally agree. So then, Mister Mags, out of ten, what are we doing this week? Um, it was great match. Absolutely great match. The star power in this match is enough to put it in the in the upper echelons of of matches we've seen. Was it perfect? No. Um, like you said, there was some janky booking. Why would Kurt Angle um, do the things that he did if he was the mole? Um, why would Jericho 
risk his job uh, just mm. to get one up on 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 the on uh, the rock. There's a there's a botch that I remember where the rock and I think it's the rock and angle or it could be Jericho and Angle where uh, essentially one was uh, doing the Irish whip into the ropes and they let go and um, Angle kind of like works on the fly and does a clothesline. He, he pulled it off, but it does look like there's a botch there. So it's certainly not a perfect match, but it was bloody good fun. It was from an era when I was massively invested uh, and it doesn't let you down like a lot of that kind of attitude era does uh when you look look back you, you kind of have rose colored glasses um this stands up um even if you were, were not objectively a fan so i think it's high uh for me i'm gonna go eight and a half 8.5 i think why okay i'm going eight and a half as well wow. this is weird no no fourth tenth no, no 10, mate, no 10. It's it's great. I've got such fond memories of this time in wrestling, and this event is fantastic. The Invasion pay-per-view, which kicks all this off, is a great show as well. So many great memories from this time. And after this time, because obviously this ends, and we get the whole McMahon-Flair feud over the, the, the ownership of the company. McMahon bringing in the NWO. Okay, it ended poorly, but it was exciting at the time. And then Steiner coming in a year later. Again, it ended poorly, but it was exciting at the time. Just so many great things happening and going on. And Dan's right in the chat there. I don't think we're getting a side Dillinger classic this week. You're not. You're not. It's an eight and a half. It's an eight and a half. And for the same reasons as you said, Magsy, it's a great match. I could happily go back and watch it again. But the, the, the now I've noticed that about Kurt Angle's booking, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. The ref bumps are the ref bumps. Sometimes ref bumps help a match. This has a couple of different ref bumps, and one of them is so over the top and stupid, it really took me out of the moment. <laughs> ah! <laughs> <laughs> so, oh wow! If you're looking at it realistically, you know, I'm, I'm knocking it down a little bit for the the ref nonsense, knocking it down a little bit for the booking here and there, but it's still entertaining. Yeah, eight and a half for me is is a great shape, mate. Yep, I am. Um... Yeah, it, it seems to be where I land. I, I don't think it's um, it's certainly not a ten. Um, it's um, I don't think it even is close to a nine. Eight and a half seems to be a mm. fair fair assessment. Yeah. Okay. So, and this is the interesting part. People mm-hmm. have been messaging into the show via Twitter, via you know the chat live during the during the broadcast as well, with options for awful wrestling that links to this match we've covered today because that's the format of the show as everyone is aware magsy and i are now going to pick a terrible match each throw it up on the poll when the audio version comes out middle of the week and you can decide what crap we have to watch and discuss magsy thank you for that (laughs) where are we going so dan griffin's actually thrown one in uh late in the day he says uh speaking of uh survivor series 1991 being so bad he nominates sergeant slaughter jim duggan texas tornado and tito santana versus colonel mustafa berserker skinner and hercules and that is that's what is wrong with survivor series matches those are four uh four guys on each side that are just lumped together Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily huge stars as well. I mean, Jim Duggan was a, a big star. Texas Tornado was uh, middle of the road. Um, 
but yeah, it is an awful match, so I definitely don't want to pick that one. Um, but I'm going to have to pick an awful match either way. So I've wrote down a few that uh, that tickled my fancy. Um, I'm tempted with uh, Carry the Garys Hogan um, um, versus the Giant uh, Hogwild 1996 because I, we've not watched enough uh, of that period of WCW. Um, but there is a there's an a wrestling promotion that we definitely haven't watched enough of. Um, so that's going to influence my pick for today. I'm going to go with Dan Griffin's pick of Sting versus Hogan from Bound for Glory 2011. Why? Okay, see, I had two written down for my choice. Just Obviously, I always tend to go second on these 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 selections, so I'd like to try and have a backup in case you pick the one that I was going for. Um, I, I was still undecided as you started speaking, but you've made my mind up for me now because one of my picks was Sting versus Hogan from Bang for Glory. It's amazing what was the how, year? how Sorry, 20, on, uh, 2011. It's amazing how, how kind of like uh, on on the ball we are with each other's picks. We kind of know what each other likes yeah. and dislikes. It's really weird. Yeah, so that was one of the one of the ones I was intrigued by, but the other one that we'll put up against it then comes from our radio techers, uh, compatriot, Chris. I and you knew can guess you which way I was going to go. Cause it's WCW. Knew, and it's, yeah. I knew this. Was, if I were to put money on which match you would have picked out of all those, this was, <laughs> I would have banged the house on this one. There is no Barry Windham, but there is WCW silliness. And I'm intrigued. Have I seen this before? Have I not? I don't know. Let's find out. If my, if my choice wins. The 2nd of October, 2000 episode of Monday Nitro. So slap bang in the middle of Vince Russo time, if Chris's tweet is accurate here. Uh, we have Jeff Jarrett versus Booker T for the WCW world title in a San Francisco 49ers match. Hey everyone, it's Sai again. And I apologise for interrupting the podcast again. But... This time is necessary, it's not an advert, it's not a plug for another show, but my internet is, you know, for some reason, on this episode of Chain Wrestling, my internet went to shit, not much I can do about it now, uh, I'm, I'm complaining, I'm kicking off, and Virgin Media can literally suck my balls, however, my internet goes in and out now for the last 10 minutes of the show, Magsy is the ultimate professional, as he always is the podfather himself the the issue is though i don't realize my internet is going in and out i think magsy's internet is the issue which it is not it's completely mine so my internet goes in and out for a little while and then eventually i i lose complete contact with mags and complete contact with the live show and i'm kind of out of there and i'm done so the next five to ten minutes is a little bit patchy, but Magsy holds it together because he's a fucking legend. So, yeah. I apologise in advance for my shitty internet. I'm getting so, so frustrated, but hopefully it will be fixed soon. But we will be back next week live via Radio Techers at chain underscore wrestling. (laughs) 
know it's going to be stupid and daft and ridiculous. I'm on the same kind of uh, wavelength as you. I, I know of the match. I'm sure I've watched the match, but I can't remember a damn thing about the match. So don't pick it, please. Breaking up a little bit there, Miss. I was just saying, um, um, I remember the match. I remember the name of the match. Um, I, I'm sure I've watched the match, but I don't remember what happens in the match. Mm. So I'm um, don't pick it. I don't want to remember what happens in the match. <laughs> I would yeah, rather do it, watch. Do it. <laughs> I'd rather watch Sting versus Hogan. But oh. the choice is yours. Yes, it is. I'm also kind of a little bit intrigued because it, it, it's a throwback, mate, to our very first episode when we had a straight jacket match that involved Booker T from that kind of period. So that's a nice little throwback as well, isn't it, you know? No. Wrong, 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 wrong. Wrong, 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 wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. Okay. <laughs> Those are your terrible, awful, abysmal options for next week. You can take us back to Bang for Glory 2011 and Sting versus Hogan, which is fucking awful. Or we can go to watch something else that is fucking awful from the October the 2nd episode of Nitro. Booker T versus Jeff Jarrett for the world title in a San Francisco 49ers match. Both silly, both daft, both terrible, terrible matches. The poll will be up roughly uh, roughly midweek when the audio version of the show comes out. So make sure you retweet and vote and decide what horribleness you want us to watch. Uh, Maxi. That's it then, I suppose. Where can everybody find you and all your glorious content, my friend? Yep, so firstly, uh, again, props to Matt. He gave us permission to go along this episode uh, earlier in the mm. week. Uh, which uh, kind of like, didn't even didn't even re- remotely think of uh, asking if I would like Just to go again there, Max. Oh, there you go. I, I was saying uh, he didn't uh, remotely come to, to me whether I wanted to go along, it was specifically whether you wanted to go along, sir, uh, which was fun. Um, but um, you can follow me down here on the Twitters, at PodfatherMags. I'm involved in plenty of other content, both here on Radio Techers and over on, on the Chair Shot and on Vision News Global Media. So come and check uh, my uh, Twitter feed for all the links. Uh, but, yeah, first I want to say thank you for uh, the CWF. You are absolutely amazing. You've nailed it this week again. Even though we gave you extra homework, you've absolutely knocked out the park, uh, as I knew you guys would. Uh, we massively appreciate you. And, uh, yeah, uh, go on vote on what terrible match we'll get to watch next week okay we're having a few internet problems here i don't know if that's my end or yours magsy but are oh, you back now by the looks of it i don't know if that's okay. my end or yours so, but after all that <laughs> uh, apparently it's my, my internet that's causing problems it happens can you hear me? Uh, i can you are very jerky on the on the screen but i can hear you can you hear me now are we okay i, I can hear you yeah it's absolutely fab you can hear me okay my internet is causing problems sharon just messaged to say it's definitely my internet that's causing the grief so we will quickly run through what we need to run through and get out of here oh dear 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 naughty naughty 
So, Sars internet is definitely, definitely uh, gone. Uh, so, I'll do the wrap up for him. Uh, you can follow Sar at SJP Words on, on Twitter. Uh, follow the show at chain underscore wrestling. Definitely go and check out some of our um, Sars uh, content. He's uh, oof, Jesus, nobody wants a, a full facial of me. Uh, but yeah, definitely go and check out Sars content. Uh, uh, the amazing Natural Nats is superb. Um, the, the Doctor Who pod. Um, the uh, the return of uh, of the waiting room um, but yeah um, that's pretty much it guys so yeah we will see you uh, next week have a have a great week and uh, yep yeah, see you next Monday Yeah, I'm a show. Right.